on air for Fan for Racing's NASCAR Race Review with Hot Topic Sound Off coming up at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, tonight, we're talking about the races at Martinsville, and let me restate that, the elimination races at Martinsville Speedway this weekend in the NASCAR Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. Uh, so with that, uh, we'll start with a few updates from the Arkham Menards uh, Series, the East and the West Series. Uh, they're mainly done. There's just one more race for the West Series, and that's at Phoenix coming up next weekend. Uh, and then we're going to review the NASCAR Truck Series race at Martinsville, the Xfinity and Cup Series races at Martinsville. At 9.30, we will start our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off with the Fan for Racing crew. And uh, I think at least Jay and I are going to be there. I'm not sure about anybody else. Uh, And speaking of Jay Huseman, uh, I'm going to welcome him aboard right now. Welcome to the show, Jay. I'm sorry, Sal. What am I saying? Sal Segala. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This getting old. I can't believe it. Every week you call me Jay. Go ahead, Jay. Then I say, Jay, welcome (laughs) to the show. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I don't have to say anymore. Okay, well, welcome. I mean, <laughs> I mean, here I'm. I'm like the 20 year veteran and being called Jay. Well, we've only been on the show for 10, so. But I know you're a 20 okay. year veteran in NASCAR. Okay. No, I mean I'm a 10 year veteran of the show almost. Yep. Yep. That is true. All right, uh, we're going to be celebrating 10 years of Fan for Racing Radio here in November, as a matter of fact. Uh, we started in the 2011 season, uh, right at the end of that season, and carried right over into 2012. So 2022 season will be our 10th year. So pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a long haul. I don't know if I was here for all 10, but I know I was here for for. Close the majority of it. Yep, yeah. Yep, you were. So forgive me, Sal, as we move on to the Arkham Menard series. Um, the Arkham Menard series, as I mentioned earlier, they're pretty much done, Sal. We've got a, a champion in Ty Gibbs in the Arkham Menard series. Ty Gibbs is also the champion in the Suit Chief Showdown. And in the Arkham Menard series East, it's Sammy Smith is the champion but we have one more champion to determine and that is in the arkham and art series west and we'll find that out next week in the arizona lottery 100 on november the 6th at noon mountain standard time uh that would be three o'clock eastern time at phoenix raceway you will be able to watch the live streaming of that race on track pass if you're an nbc sports gold member if you're not, I'd head over to arcaracing.com where you can hear a radio broadcast and you can check in at Race Central where they will give you live updates from the track. So, Sal, I'm excited about this last race for the Arkham Menard Series. Yeah, it's a close, it's a close battle. They got 36 cars um, uh, entered for it, so... Um, Anything can happen. I mean, yeah, it is huge. That means that even dropping down to down to like 
uh, down to Trevor Huddleston even even has a chance, depending on where the top three, Pedroselli, um, uh, uh, Jesse Little, not Jesse Little, Jesse uh, Jesse Love and uh, um, Jake Drew finish. Ty Gibbs. You know. Yeah, well, Ty uh, Gibbs is in this race too. No, no, I'm talking about for the championship though. Oh, for the championship, yeah. He, he Ty Gibbs yeah, is not for the, West for the championship in this particular uh, series, uh, but the other champion is in this race as well. Sammy Smith is also racing at Phoenix this oh, weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but but what I'm what I'm looking at is the uh, I know is the uh, yeah is the is our is the championship um the championship for Arca West. Yeah, oh yeah, I yeah. mean. Uh, the um the the entry list is huge. You know, it as far is. as the, the entry, entry list, list, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And then we got a lot of locals it's, like um Eric Eric Dasimento is gonna be there. Johnny Borneman who only races a he only touch on a few races. He's also from out here in uh in California then um Max Gutierrez. Uh, yeah, from uh Oh, then um, um, Jake Garcia from back east. He, I see him at the, mm-hmm. I see him at the, um, at the uh, uh, snowball derby every year. Then, uh, then we, of course, we got Taylor Gray, Joe East from out here from Madeira. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 it's going to be a, it's going to be an exciting race. But for the uh, for the championship itself, that's really where. Um, that's I mean, where all the these other drivers. Yeah, all these other drivers, they're just out there to get the win, you know, what type shot at the win. A lot of them are just trying to get that, you know, that big track experience. But um, when you start looking at the, at the possibilities. And down. It's up and down the top ten in the ARCA West. This is the tightest points battle of the whole ARCA Menard series. So. Yes. Yeah, it has changed because Jesse Love did run away with it like he almost did, well, like he did last year. You know, he just kind of, you know, kind of dominated the whole the whole season. Jesse Love's had a lot of had a lot of issues this year. You know, um, uh, a lot of wrecks, and you know, uh, I think he's only got two wins this year. I think last year he had like four or five wins. Yeah. So he I did. mean, it's yeah. I mean, it, it's it's um, this championship's up in the air between. I, I would say between the top six. Definitely between the top five, we're going to see a lot of points uh, changes going back and forth. And um, yes, let's go know, over those gonna, points and kind of give folks an idea of what the point spread is there. Well, Jesse Love is leading the points, and then in second is Paul Paul Petroselli Jr. <laughs> yeah, by one point. And actually, it was with this win that he had at All American Speedway that put him up in that spot because Jake Drew was in that spot before. And Jake Drew mm-hmm. dropped down to third, and he's three points out. And then you got Joey East is at fourth, and he's five points out. And then you go to fifth, the top five, and the fifth is Colmore, who's only six points out. And then from there, that's a tight battle. Then we go to yeah, it is a very tight battle. And then from there, then we go to Trevor Huddleston, who's fifteen points out, and he 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 could be the he could probably. Out of everybody there, he's the only one that can that can actually has a, an outside chance. Other than that, the rest of the drivers down. Tatsusa in seventh, he's uh, 26 points out. 
Takumakoga sitting in eighth, 51 points out. Bridget Burgess um, sitting ninth, 69 points out. And Bobby Hillis Jr., the only drivers, the top ten drivers actually have competed every event this season. And Bobby Hillis is 77 points out. So, um, yeah. When you, I've loved I mean, realistically look series. at, yeah. So I mean, realistically looking at it with 36 cars, I, I would say you'd have to put the cutoff at at the top six drivers. I just think Tatsu's at 26 points out, and uh, even though it's 36 cars, that's just there's even if he wins the race, he would have to hope that that all the drivers yeah, on the top, in front of him, yeah, they would have to finish. They would have to finish 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, all the way down. So that's not going to happen. Yeah, we don't think so anyway. But uh, it's yeah. certainly a race that fans will want to tune into uh, uh, this coming weekend uh, here in the Arkham Menard Series West. Then that's going to be it for the Arkham Menard Series. And as we'll discuss uh, here tonight, uh, Phoenix is also going to be it for the NASCAR's top three, the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. So uh, that's going to be amazing to see how that works out. So uh, at any rate, uh, uh, this uh, Arkham Menard Series West, I think, has been the most exciting series of of all three of them. Uh, With all the drivers competing, well, the top ten competing in all of the races, and the point spreads being as tight as it is there, as you mentioned, in that top six. And any one of them could win the race this weekend and become the next champion in that West Series. Exactly. It, it's going to be it's going to be a good race. It's, there are a lot of a lot of cars. Um, you know, uh, like I said, you know, we got um, um, thir- thirty six cars entered. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then uh, you it's put them on the one mile track, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, again, uh, Jay and I will preview this race on Thursday night, so you'll want to tune in for that. But uh, you can also, I always like to tell everybody, head on over to ArkhamMenardSeries dot com because uh, they always have some great articles uh, up there with regard to what's going on in the series. For instance, Daniel Dye is going to return to GMS Racing for the full-time 22 uh, Arkham Menard Series season. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, and there's some other great articles there as well, including the 2022 schedule so you can plan for next year. Yes, and, and actually they, um, yeah, they, they, they made a big thing on, um, they made a big thing on, uh, uh, on uh, social media about the about the new schedule, you know, the new Arkham and Art series schedule coming out. Yeah, oh yeah. What were your thoughts about that, Sal? Real quick. I don't know. I kind of went over it and um, <clears throat> didn't really see nothing. I mean, basically the same tracks, but then once again, um, you know, we didn't. We're only getting one the one race at Phoenix. And other than that, everything is is from the Mississippi that way. So we only get to see yeah. them once once this, you know. I know that's kind of disappointing. I am disappointed that there's only one West race there, uh, but the Arkham and Art Series West will certainly have more races in the West. 
but I, I yeah, hear but, you, but, Sal. But see, yeah, see, they have the Arco Bernard series, the Arco Bernard series, Suchi Showdown, and the Arco Bernard series East, all on that side. And then over here, we only got the Arco Bernard series West, which is a usually a ten race, you know, ten race series. And um, you know, like I said, we just got the one race at Phoenix. I mean, they 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 could have stuck a race in over here at Auto Club, you know, at the same time, you know, on a, on a, on the two mile. Since they do race at Talladega on the two, you know, at Talladega and um, Daytona, which is you know bigger than a two mile, so they they could have stuck them. Plus they race Michigan, which is a two mile, you know. So I mean, you know, they they yeah. could have squeezed them in out here at Auto Club, you know. Since we don't have a truck race at Auto Club, you know, they 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 could have put the Arco and Art Series, you know, in place of the, you know, in, in place yeah. of the. Um, Yeah, I hear you, know, you but yeah. right now I guess we've got to look at it the way it is. Uh, I do like that they're going to Lucas Oil Raceway uh, as part of a doubleheader with the Camping World Truck Series. Uh, they'll be back at the Illinois State Fairground and DeCoin State Fairgrounds. There's the two road courses at Mid-Ohio and Watkins Glen. Uh, 108 visits will happen at Salem Speedway in late September, and that track has hosted more Arkham and Art Series races than any other venue. And then Bristol Motor Speedway kicks off what they're calling, Sal, the Sprint to the Championship, which is going to be contested on three half-mile ovals, uh, including Salem Speedway, Toledo Speedway, and Bristol Motor Speedway. So that's going to be kind of exciting to watch as well. Yes, you know, and, and even, you know, you know, you know, when they talk about the road courses, you know what, I mean, they they could have, well, this year it's different because we're finally getting the trucks back at Sonoma, but, you know, all the years past, you know, they could have had a, they could have thrown a race in, you know, along with, you know, even, but then it's kind of hard because we have the Arkham and Art Series West that, stop, that makes a stop at Sonoma. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we used to get, you know, a few cup, we get a few cup drivers. We don't get the Arkham and Art Series drivers, but, um, mm-hmm. uh, but, but we do get a few cup drivers, you know, that come over, you know, that are, you know, wanting to, you know, get that extra track time, you know, on the, on the road course out here. So, you know, something, yep. something like that, you know, I, I can kind of see, but I mean, they, they could have gone to Portland also, you know, where there's a road course, but either That's way, true. it is what it is. You know, it, it's yep. there. It's their series, it's their schedule, you know what, and, uh, you know, there's really nothing nothing much we could do with it. Yeah. Okay. What we're going to do right now, though, is we are going to go ahead and move on to the uh, review of the elimination race for the truck series at Martinsville Speedway that took place on Saturday, uh, March the, I'm sorry, October the 30th, uh, and uh, that was a 200-lap event. Uh, Zane Smith went from dead last and vaulted into the championship four race with a victory at Martinsville. It was a track soon with spinning trucks and broken hearts, and Zane Smith catapulted into the final four with a thrilling overtime victory on Saturday's United Rentals 200 at Martinsville Speedway. The number 21 of Zane Smith won the race at Martinsville on Saturday afternoon in very dramatic overtime fashion to uh, advance to the Final Four Championship uh, weekend at Phoenix Raceway this coming weekend. 
Now the win is his first at Martinsville, the first of this season, but it's the third career win of his uh, career. The number 16 of Austin Hill was second, followed by Tanner Gray, Chandler Smith, Matt Crafton, Parker Kligerman, Ben Rhodes, Taylor Gray, Sheldon Creed, and Timmy Hill. Also advancing to the championship four playoff round are Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, and John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter was the pole checker. He was wrecked out of the race on lap 130 after contact with the number 22 of Austin Wayne South. The five-time race winner this season held his breath throughout the overtime to see how things would shake out in the points, and he narrowly advanced to the final playoff round. Todd Gilliland dominated the race, winning stage one and two. He appeared to be on his way to the race victory before the caution flag fell on lap 198, pushing the race into overtime. Contact from the number 52 of Stuart Friesen on the last lap handed the win to Zane Smith as his two closest challengers fell out of the race. Uh, Gillen led 133 of 204 laps. There were 10 lead changes among just four drivers and 13 cautions for 88 yellow flag laps. <coughs> the average speed of the race was 56.402 miles per hour. So uh, your thoughts about those race results, So, Yeah, Stuart Friesen just really jacked a lot of people with that. When he spun, uh, when he spun, um, uh, Todd Gilliland. Um, Todd was on his way. I mean, had there not been no caution, Todd would have easily won the race. He was that far out. And um, you know, like you know, like you said, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, it ended up to be, um, you know, Zane Smith to, to get the win. And uh, I'll tell you, it was uh, it was one heck of a, a finish at the end. Um, I know yeah. Sheldon Creed wasn't too happy. He he had a lot to say. No. She's usually pretty quiet. He had a lot to say after the race too. You know on, on you know on the contact and you know with uh, with uh, Matt Crafton. You know, yes. but when you're racing to get it to the championship, you know, you know, you're doing stuff like that happens. And it's amazing yeah, it was, because with the big point, with the big agony of defeat. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a. It's amazing with the big point lead that um, John Hunter Nemechek came in. He he only got in by four points. Yeah, and here we're amazing. talking all these weeks. Yeah, we were talking yeah. all these weeks. You know that he's <laughs> he's basically locked in. He's basically locked in. But um, not true. <laughs> he he almost um, he almost didn't. Uh, well, he had more he to lose with it. that incident with Austin Hill than I mean Austin uh, Smith or Austin Wayne self than he did with uh, than Austin Wayne had to lose. So that was kind of a foolish move, I think, on his part. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, I mean, you know, now now we got our final four set, and um, yeah, you know, we talked That's about it good. last week. You know who who would be the driver, you know, that would probably win the race. You know, I, I, I never expected to be Zane Smith because Zane really didn't have. <laughs> he was dead last. He was eighth. And, and he, and he really didn't all season. He really hasn't been, you know, what you would say, you know, um, uh, championship material. But, but um, he did, 
rise when they rise to the occasion at Martinsville, and that's good. Um, now there was a rear gear incident for Chase Purdy. He ended up chase, finishing in 40th place as a rookie. Uh, also, the accident put John Hunter Nemechek back in 39th place, uh, which explains why he's in the position that he's in. Everybody else finished the race running. Uh, as far as uh, championship drivers, we mentioned John Hunter Nemechek finishing in 39th place. Stuart Friesen uh, finished in 17th place. Carson Hosefer in 12th place. All the rest of the uh, championship drivers uh, finished in the top uh, 10. Sheldon Creed in 9th, Ben Rhodes in 7th, Matt Kraft in 5th, Chandler Smith in 4th place, and, of course, Zane Smith in 1st place. Uh, just an incredible finish for him. Yeah, it was. It was, it was it's, it's like we said, you know, he was in a must. He was, he was in a must-win situation as low as he was in the points, and, um, you know, to, to sneak that win out and be at the right place at the right time, you know, it's, I mean, you know. It's pretty amazing. He's in, I mean, yeah, it's pretty amazing, you know, and, and I don't know, it just goes back to the, you know, you know, there's some, some people like this chase format, you know, and then there's the fans that don't like it, you know, for that reason. You know, yeah. that a driver that, you know, but, you know, it is what it is, you know, what, and, you know, we're set for next, for championship race and, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, let's, let's hit on Phoenix. the uh, points report. Yes. At Phoenix, he's the championship four. Well, let's start with the eliminated drivers and then get to the championship four. Well, uh, see, this thing's. This thing has it's got the points. It doesn't have the, the eliminated drivers yet. Okay. Well, but let me go ahead the, and give you the. You, you got to go well, to the reset yeah. point. Yeah. Well, well, well. Basically, the 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 um, the eliminated drivers is Carson Hosovar, Chandler Smith, Stuart Friesen, and Sheldon Creed are the four um, are the four uh, um, eliminated drivers. Stuart Friesen, yeah. It's uh, Sheldon Creed, Stuart Friesen, Todd Gilliland, and Austin Hill. Chandler Smith and Carson Hosevar, uh, they were all eliminated before, weren't they? Actually, Todd Gilliland was – no, Todd Gilliland was, was eliminated before. Oh, you're right. Why are the, they the, showing him in seventh place? That's really weird. Yeah, this doesn't seem quite right, but you're right. It is Chandler Smith and Carson Hosevar. You're right. I misread yeah, that. So, yeah, so so the, the four that made it were Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, John Hunter, Nemechek, and Zane Smith are the four that, that are in. And then the four that are out are Chandler Smith, Carson Hosevar, Stuart Fries, and Sheldon Creed. Sheldon Creed missed it by four. John Hunter, John Hunter Nemechek was plus four, and uh Shelly Creed was minus four. And, and yeah, that's kind of why he was amazing, upset with, with the weight. Go ahead. Yeah, but what's amazing, uh, Sal, is that John Hunter Nemechek has that 50, 50 playoff points. Imagine where he would have been without the 50 playoff points. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it had like 20 or 30 points, he would have, he would have never made it. It would have been, um, been Shelly Creed in there instead of John Hunter Nemechek. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, this is just, uh, that's why I thought it was uh, not really a good idea for him to do what he did. But, you know, the, the, he took a, a very comfortable lead and pretty much uh, buried it. So we'll have to see what happens at Phoenix next week. Maybe he'll rise to the occasion and put all of that behind him and, and kind of move forward. But at this point, uh, it, it, they're all even right now. Yeah, and points, and I think, at four thousand uh, points. Yeah, and, and I think John Hunter Nemechek was just trying to. I think he was just trying to make something happen to turn his this season around because since the playoffs started, he really hasn't been. <clears throat> he really hasn't been the powerhouse. Really, we haven't even seen any powerhouse driver when the when it first started. Um, Sheldon Creed looked like the driver to beat, and he even said, you know, mm-hmm. he goes, everyone's talking about John Arnimacek, but it's me. they got to watch for it because I'm the hot one. But really, mm-hmm. when, when, you, when, you go, when we're going into the race next week, there really isn't one driver that you can actually pin and say, you know what, he's, you know, he's, you know, rode a wave, wave of momentum throughout the whole season, you know, and they carried some of the momentum into the playoffs mm-hmm. because none of them had carried true. no momentum into the playoffs, none of them. The only one so you could say that carries some kind of momentum, yeah. The only one you could say that carries some kind of momentum would probably be either Ben Rhodes or Matt Crafton. Matt Crafton is, a, you know, the veteran, you know, so you know he was kind of, you know, he was kind of more in the under the microscope more than Ben Rhodes. But Ben Rhodes just kind of drove his races every week, you know, did what he had mm-hmm. to do to win. And of course, John Hunter Imacek with the wins and the and all the points, you know, and. Kyle Busch Motorsports, you know, you know, he was he's basically, you know, the one that, you know, everybody had pegged to um you know, to win the championship. But going into the final into the championship race, I mean, who do you pick? <laughs> it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm telling you. We're talking about short track racing. Uh and I, I know Zane Smith. You know Zane Smith. He's good on the short tracks. Yeah. Uh, it very possibly could be him, and I would say he deserves it if he wins it out there at Phoenix. But it could also yeah, be a you know, it's, it's going to be hard. Wins. It's going to be hard because the, I think the mile track is going to play more into. Um, I think it's going to be playing to more into Matt Crafton's um, wheelhouse. Yeah, I, I think it's going to. I think it's going to play more into Matt Crafton's style of driving and. Um, and the fact that, that uh, you know, that's been there so many years, you know, so he, he, he knows what mm-hmm. the pressure is going to be like. Um, I'm not saying that Zane can't step up, you know, to the plate and, you know, and be a, a factor. Um, John Hunter Nemechek, he, he should be another one too. Hope, you know, he this might be the race that he breaks out. But, um, you know, I mean, you know, Kyle's going to be sitting on that pit box, you know, so he's he's gonna get a he's gonna get a big earful, you know, from Kyle, you know, helping him, you know, you know, and uh, yep. and then you know, then of course you got we got to think about Ben Rhodes, you know, who's who's another one that's always, you know, he's tough, you know, Ben, ben is yeah, he's ben been is consistent. Tough, so. Well, and and, and you don't see. have to win the yeah, and and you don't have to win the race to win the championship. Exactly. It's just whoever finishes the exactly. highest. Exactly. So I mean, we could see Todd Gillen come out with exactly. the Exactly. We could see a non-playoff driver win the race. Yeah. And I think in this instance, it could be Todd Gilliland. 
I think he's going to come out. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. He's let he's me, been hot just, the last few races. He has been. Let's let me just say that the next race is the Lucas Oil 150 at Phoenix Raceway on Friday night, November the fifth. Green flag should wave sometime around 8:05 p.m. It will be televised on Fox Sports One and radio coverage on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Uh, again. They will have practice. They will have qualifying. So uh, that entry list is, uh, again, we'll cover a lot of that on uh, Thursday night. But uh, it's going to be a barn burner at Phoenix Raceway next weekend. Oh, yeah. Yes, it is. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on to the Xfinity Series. Uh, Their next race is at Phoenix as well. But we're going to be talking about what happened at the Dead on Tools 250 on Saturday, October the 30th, and it was Noah Gregson calling his shot at Martinsville and locking himself into the Xfinity Series Championship 4 battle at Phoenix. Uh, to get to the Championship 4, you have to drive like a champion, and that's exactly what Noah Gregson did Saturday night in the NASCAR Xfinity Series playoff race at Martinsville. Prior to the race, Noah Gregson called the shot, vowing to win the race, and after leading 153 of 257 laps and winning the second stage, Gregson found himself in victory lane after passing the number 18 of Daniel Hemrick in the first overtime from the outside lane. In the second overtime, Austin Sindrick made a charge to Gregson's bumper, but he came up short of the win. Uh, this is Gregson's third victory of the season and assures that he will compete for the Xfinity Series Championship next weekend at Phoenix. Cendrick won the opening stage. He also finished runner-up, while the number 18 of Daniel Hemrick, who looked to be on his way to his first NASCAR victory before a caution, flew with seven laps left in the regular uh, regulation uh, laps. Rounding out the podium were Sam Mayer and Justin Algauer uh, to round out the top five. The next five drivers are Brandon Jones in sixth, A.J. Allmendinger, Alex LeBay, Jeremy Clements, Riley Earps, who make up the rest of the top ten. Cindric, Allmendinger, Gregson, and Hemrick are the four drivers that will battle for the championship at Phoenix. Uh, a heartbreaker for Justin Algauer, Brandon Jones, Justin Haley, and Harrison Burton, who were all eliminated from the playoffs. There were 13 lead changes among six drivers, 13 cautions for 75 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race was 62.010 miles per hour. Uh, So let's get your thoughts, Sal, about the race results for the Xfinity Series. Yeah, you know what? It was uh, – all i got to say is Noah has to watch himself. There's a lot of drivers <laughs> out there that are going to be looking for payback throughout the season when he's done to each and every driver. Um, I just – I'm curious to see if uh, Ty if uh, Ty Gibbs is in the is, – is in the um, – is in I'm the sure. uh, entry list because – no, everybody talked about the way Noah raced Austin Cedric at the end, but nobody talked about Noah dumping 
Ty Gibbs earlier in the race. And also Austin mm-hmm. Cedric is the one that raced Noah clean because Austin could have pinched Noah up in the wall, which he didn't. And and everybody's wondering why didn't Austin go for the win? Well, he's already in the playoffs. And I think Austin mm-hmm. really didn't want to make any enemies. I figured, you know what, mm-hmm. I want to go in there with a clean head knowing you know, that I, I raced race him clean. <clears throat> yep. You know, and I race, and I'm, I'm thinking about the bigger picture, you know what. Um, but, um, and then it goes, I have to bring this up. It's going to go back to where if Noah's in a position to win the championship, Noah will go after a driver and will try to dump him. He tried it. Yep. Yep. I think four, he showed that he's that kind of driver. No, he did it four to five years ago. Him and Chris Eggleston were racing for the Can and mm-hmm. West Series Championship. And on the on the last lap, last or second to the last lap, Noah had a chance to go around Chris, and he tried to dump Chris. And when he hit Chris, he ended up crashing himself. And Chris Eggleston yep. ended up winning the championship at Phoenix. So mm-hmm. he is known to that's what go ha- after that's drivers what like exactly that. exactly what happens. That's why you shouldn't do that because you've got more to lose than they do. So it, it just doesn't and, make and, sense. And, and Greg Galding did the same thing to uh, yep. to um, to uh, Todd Gillen for for it wasn't for the championship; it was just for a race win. And and uh, Greg Galding did the same thing to Todd Gillen, you know. But except that Gray actually dumped Todd, and so. Um, Going into Phoenix, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a well. Talk about this race in itself. It was a you know it's a really good. Fight. Daniel Hamrick, I'm sorry, he needs <laughs> to put it <laughs> to put it in a nice way. Daniel needs to really be more aggressive. There's there's yeah, a word I can right. use. It, it's not dirty. It's not dirty. It, it's just a, a statement mm-hmm. that a lot of people use in racing, but I'm not going to use it. But just to kind of ad lib it, Daniel really needs to get aggressive and be a man out there mm-hmm. if he's going to want to get a win. Because racing the way he raced, sure he raced clean, he did what he had to do. But when it comes when it comes for that win, you really have to you have to have you have to be a man out there. You can't be a a woman out there. And 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 I really thought Daniel was going to get this win. I was looking forward oh, to it, but so then close. once again, yeah. He just he he backed off and he and he took the easy way out and and you know it sucks because to, the easy way out. <laughs> just to let you know how close is, it was though, point zero six four seconds the margin of victory. So it was close. It was very close. Yeah. Um, Tommy Joe Martins had a rear gear issue. Uh, Mike Herman <clears throat> had some overheating issues. Uh, three of these drivers had accidents, including Michael Annette, Jeb Burton, and Brandon Brown. Uh, they were all out early. Uh, break issue for Justin Haley. Uh, he's a playoff uh, driver. He ended up finishing 33rd because of a break issue. Uh, another playoff player that fell uh, in, this, in the uh, results was Harrison Burton. Uh, he ended up finishing in 20th place. Uh, but he was running at the end of that race. The other six drivers all finished in the top ten. So, uh, again, uh, Noah Gregson, Austin Sindrick, and Daniel Hemrick won two and three. Sam Mayer uh, finished up in fourth place uh, as a rookie, 
than Justin Algauer. Even a fifth-place finish wasn't enough to keep him in. He ended up uh, falling below the cut line, as did Brandon Jones in sixth. Uh, A.J. Allmendinger had enough playoff points, though, to save him. Uh, he was in that top four, but he had a seventh-place finish. The drivers, that, the non-playoff drivers uh, that were in the top ten, I mentioned Sam Mayer, the rookie, uh, also Alex LeBay in eighth, and Jeremy Clements finishing in ninth with Riley Earps finishing in tenth. Wow, it was a it was a, it was a good race, you know. You know, you you know, you got to congratulate Noah, you know, and yeah, he knew he was in a must-win situation, you know, to get into yep. the playoffs. You know, he did what he had to do. You know, um, I know a lot of people went in there, you know, and they congratulated him, you know, on racing Austin clean. But then you also have to put it on Austin too, because Austin had a chance to, you know, to move up the track. And he could have pitched him against the wall, you know, and, and ended up with the win because that would have knocked Noah out. But, you know, they both raced each other clean. He got the win. He's he's in the um, he's in the uh, he's in the championship the four. You know, mm-hmm. you know he's got a, he's got a shot at a you know at a um, at a championship next week. So it's going to be you know it's it's going to be well, an, it's going to be an exciting race. Yeah, it yes. is. Let's go ahead and cover the points again. Uh, we mentioned the four drivers that uh, were eliminated with Burton, Jones, Haley, and Aldauer. But let's uh, let's talk about those top four drivers. So the top four is going to be uh, – see, it's funny. For the Xfinity, they have it right. For the trucks, they had mm-hmm. it wrong. But the top four yeah. for Xfinity is going to be Noah, Noah Gregson, Austin Sindrick, Daniel Hamrick, and N.J. Allmendinger are going to be the top four going for the championship. Um, yep, and Almondinger, same thing with Almondinger. Almondinger had a 50, 50 playoff points and finds himself fourth uh, going into these playoffs this weekend. Uh, actually, these guys are all even, uh, hit, but right now Almondinger is just two points above the cut line. So uh, it, it's, uh, it's really amazing how that happened you know, and, this year. Yeah. You know, and actually, I, I think all they did was just was just threw the names in there, just threw them out of a hat, mm-hmm. because they all yeah, got four thousand right. points. So the so the playoff points doesn't mean nothing, and they probably put yep. Noah on top because he got the he, because he got the win. You know, even though Austin Cedric was already in, and AJ Allmendinger yeah. were in because they already had wins too. You know, yeah, so basically yeah, they were they were just right. fighting for the two spots. But um, it's good so to see Daniel Hamrick in there. You know what? You, you you almost have to go with AJ. Okay. AJ Almendinger. Yeah, either AJ or Austin, I would say. Yeah, I, there's um, so many. I could see a great storyline for Daniel Hemrick if he were to pull off a win at Phoenix. Uh, his first win uh, that wins him a championship. That would be an incredible story. Oh, yeah. Storyline. It, it would be awesome. But you know what? He He would need. He would need Kevin Harvick to come over from Stuart Haas Racing as an ex-Richard Childress driver and tell him, Daniel, you're there. Don't be afraid to put a bumper. You're racing for a championship. This is the end of the season. You're, you know, you're going to college racing next year. You know what? Take something with you. You know, take a championship. Right. But as an, an ex-Richard Childress Racing driver, Richard Trillis would love nothing more than to see you be aggressive 
and win the championship being aggressive than lose a championship because, you know, you went out there and you were, you know, you know, you weren't, you weren't aggressive. You had a, if, if he has a shot at it. And the last few races, Daniel has been up there running in the top three. So, I mean, yeah. He has yeah, been. He's been amazing. You know, had he shown a little bit more manlyhood this past weekend, I probably would have picked Daniel as my, as my pick to, you know, to win the championship. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, don't put Noah out because I'll tell you, if, if Noah is one to two laps, last lap, and he's got a shot at it, mm-hmm. and he, he'll, he, 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 will put a, he will put somebody in the wall for that championship. Yeah. If somebody I mean, he wants it that bad first. <laughs> yeah, if, if somebody, yeah, if uh, you know somebody else doesn't, you know, if he doesn't piss somebody off early in the race, or you know, or Riley Herbst doesn't remember a couple things, you know, and saying, "I'm oh, sorry, Noah," <clears throat> they both live on the same block at home in Vegas. Oh wow! I know they've been friends for a long yeah. time. Oh yeah, they're, well, they're um, yeah, they 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 live in the same neighborhood. But either way. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to go with either AJ Austin Cedric too after what he showed Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, he um, yeah, you know, that was maturity for sure. Yeah, he does. He don't have five wins for nothing. Exactly. Exactly. And AJ don't have five okay. wins for nothing. Okay, I know we're a little bit ahead of schedule, but let's go ahead and uh, uh, cover the NASCAR Cup Series because there was a lot to talk about here too. <laughs> Uh, They ran the Xfinity Huh? Well, I'm right there with you I think any any one of the four drivers Could actually come up with a win For all various reasons I think they'd be uh, interesting storylines No matter which driver wins it Um, I'm kind of pulling for Austin Though I'd like to see Austin do it And I I still think uh, Daniel Hemrick would be a great story line for him to get his very first victory at Phoenix and win the championship. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, that's, okay. that's true. Okay, the Xfinity 500 was uh, on Sunday, October the 31st at Martinsville Speedway, and Alex Bowman was the winner, but it was Martin Truex Jr. gaining on the championship four and making his uh, paving the way to his spot in the final four at Phoenix. Denny Hamlin provided the per- perfect capstone <coughs> to a day of banged-up stock cars, hurt feelings, and crushed dreams. Alex Bowman took the checkered flag in Sunday's Xfinity 500 at Martinsville Speedway after sliding up into Hamlin's race-leading Toyota on lap 494 of 501, and knocking Hamlin's car up the track and into the outside wall. As Bowman tried to start a burnout to celebrate his fourth NASCAR Cup Series victory of the season and his first at the .526-mile short track, Hamlin drove to the front stretch, front stretch and expressed his displeasure by twice, not once, but twice, Blocking the progress of Bowman's number 48 Hendrick Motorsports Chevrolet, Alex Bowman won the race at Martinsville, and the win is his fourth of the year, the first at Martinsville, and the sixth of his career. Bush finished second, followed by Keselowski, Truex, Byron, Almarola, Kurt Busch, uh, Eric Jones, Chris Buescher, and Joey Logano. The pole sitter, Kyle Larson, finished in 14th place. 
Hamlin was leading the race with six laps to go when Bowman made contact with him, spinning Hamlin out. Hamlin fell to 24th place. Bowman kept the lead on the restart and helped off of a late charge with, with help off of a late charge by Kyle Busch and Keselowski to get the win. Eliminated from the playoffs with Kyle Busch, Brad Keselowski, Ryan Blaney, and Joey Logano. And might I just mention, all four of those cars are Fords. Ford is totally out of the championship four. The four drivers that will compete next week for the 2021 NASCAR Cup Series champion are Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and Martin Truex Jr. Stage one and two were both won by Chase Elliott. There were 15 lead changes among seven drivers and 15 cautions for 91 yellow flag laps. The average speed of the race was 70.967 miles per hour. Bowman won the 73rd annual Xfinity 500 for his sixth victory and 222 NASCAR Cup Series starts. His fourth victory again, 16th top 10 finish this year. This is the first victory and fourth top 10 finish in 12 races at Martinsville. Kyle Busch posted his 20th top 10 finish in 33 starts at Martinsville, and it is his 21st top 10 finish this season. Brad Keselowski in third posted his 17th top 10 finish in 24 races at Martinsville. Anthony Alfredo, who finished 20th, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. Uh, I guess, again, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and Martin Truex Jr. have all made their way to the final four for Phoenix next weekend. Your thoughts about the race results, Sal? You know, it was, <laughs> it's Martinsville. You know, Hamlin, mm-hmm. you're already in. Why do you go and you make a uh, jerk of yourself after the Silly race? Move. You're in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. You know what? You, yep. You go to the, you go to your hauler. You know what? If you want to speak to him, you know, you, you talk to him after the race or something. But, why, 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 are you, why do you go risk? I'm sure he's gonna, he's gonna get fined for that. Yeah, for I think what he so. did after the race. He, he has to, you know, and and who knows what ramifications are gonna come, you know, if it does happen, you know, you know, to, uh, you know, to affect um, this Phoenix race. But you're already in, you know. It's so what? You, know, you guys were racing. In agreement with you, 100%. Unfortunately, Denny Hamlin has failed to win a championship because of his emotional maturity. And I think this weekend, once again, he's let his emotional maturity, he's put that emotional maturity on display for the lack thereof. Uh, and it's going it's gonna to get in his way again of him winning a championship. He gets in his own way of winning championships. He could have had two or three by now, but he, 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 he's his worst enemy. He really is. He is. You know, and, he, and he's going to take this into next week, you know, whether he, <coughs> excuse me, whether he tries to take out Bowman or not. But um, you know what? <laughs> You had a, you had a, you have you've had a really good season. You know you've had a really good dominant mm-hmm. season. You know what? You know you know you're a player almost every week. You know and uh, 
you know, and and sure, you know, you had the issue, you know, with the girlfriend coming out and saying stuff like that. You got through it. You didn't say nothing. You did the right thing by mm-hmm. just continuing on with your life. But I, I just think all this stuff is just, it's just, it, you know, he's he's like a time bomb, you know. Yep. You know, getting, you know, he's like a time bomb, you know, and, and you know, and it, it, it was, it was, did I, I watched, I couldn't believe he did that. I was like, what the heck are you doing? But, you know, either way, you know what? That is not, that you is know what? not it, the way a champion behaves. It just is not. It, it, it's not. I mean, you know, sure, Kyle Bush and, and Brad had their little issue, you know, with the bumping and stuff, you know. You know, Kyle Kyle is always going to, you know, speak his voice, you know, and like Kyle said, I'm probably going to get fined again, you know, for what he said post-race. But, yeah, I mean, Kyle is. didn't take his car. He didn't take his car and run it into – well, he – No. He, yeah, because because of because of another comment he had made, you know, he has to go to, to, uh, to those classes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, but he didn't get his car and go and try to run Brad over in the garage area, you know. No, um, no. You know, I so mean, you, you know, and, yeah, I mean, you know what, he, he, you know, he didn't like the way, like he said, you know, I don't, the way Brad raced me at the last couple laps, you know, was kind of, you know, retarded, you know. Yeah. Which is, I well, guess, the, 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 the word they got him. <laughs> yeah, but, he said, yeah, I'm I, sorry, I, I, I should have said it, but that's what he said, he said retarded, so that, that was the, what they got him for, is the R word, you know. Yeah, but, um, that should not you know, have been it, said. It, yeah, and you know, and and he and you know what, but he apologized for it right away. Mm-hmm. You know, right after he said it, he came and he, you know, he, he threw a public apology and said I should have never used that word even before NASCAR yeah. got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. You know, but you know, it was Martinsville. You know what, and you know, congratulations to Alex Bowman on the win. You know what, he he raced yeah. hard, he deserved it. You know what, and you know, and if and if, if Hamlin can't accept it, you know what, it, it's he's he's a He's the last guy you want as a champ. You don't want you don't want that guy as a champ. Well, he's he's putting his uh, true self on display, like I said, and I, yeah. I I really I really thought he was growing and a lot smarter than that. Uh, but he's proving that he's not. Uh, Joey Gates had electrical issues. Uh, he finished in 38th place. Timmy Hill had an engine issue. Ryan Priest had brake issues. Uh, everybody else finished the race running. Uh, playoff players, uh, Denny Hamlin ended up finishing in 24th place. Uh, let's see, Chase Elliott ended up in 16th place. Kyle Larson, the 14th place finish. And Ryan Blaney, outside of the top 10 in 11th place, uh, only four of the drivers finished in the top 10, including Joey Logano in 10th. Martin Trex Jr. finished fourth. Brad Keselowski in third. And Kyle Busch in second, and I can only imagine how disappointing it is to finish second and it still not be enough to get into the playoffs. Uh, but that's where Kyle Busch was at the end of the Martinsville race. Yeah, you know what? He he, he needed the win. He knew he needed the win. But, you know, yeah. he, you know we, we took a shot at it. He goes, but he goes, really, he goes, our program hasn't been nothing, you know, what it should be. You know, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I mean, you know, then, you know, even though Brad spun him, you know, hit him twice, you know, and, 
that I didn't understand why Brad went after him again. But, you know, that's just Brad. That's just Brad being Brad, you know, when it's saying, hey, you know what, that's, Kyle, that's I owe you. That's why he's called Bad Brad. Yeah, he's he probably thinking, you know, I, I probably owe you about six or seven more of these. But, you know, this one's pretty cool, <laughs> you know what. But, um, you know, at NASCAR, they have to sit back and say, how could we give – how can we let Danny Hamlin be a team owner when he acted like this? Yeah, I know. You know, I know. I you know, know. what's Michael Jordan thinking sense. at home? Thinking this guy is a dude. You're not only representing, you know, yourself, but you're representing me, Michael Jordan. You know, who who never fought, who never went after anybody. You know, because I lost a basketball game. You know, I you're know. in the chain. It's like a little temper tantrum. Oh man, he's like a little kid. But I mean, with a three with a three thousand pound car. He's the one that needs the the classes. He needs them more than yes. Kyle does, or him or him. Kyle need to go together since they're teammates. <laughs> you know, yeah, and then it's funny because when they when they did the when they did the post race, you know, they talked to Danny. You know, he was made fun of Kyle of uh, of um, what's his name's fans of. Um, he made fun of uh, Chase Elliott's fans, you know, and Martin yeah. Truex Jr. was sitting at the end of the table, and he has this look on his face like, I, I can't believe he's saying these things. I know. You know, he, he could not believe that he was saying what he said, and and he was talking about, you know, Chase Elliott's, I forget what he said about Chase Elliott's fans, you know, and, and they're, he's trying to say they're, they're just as dumb as him. He totally lost it. I've, he must I'm have telling been, you, his emotional be maturity is not there. He, and I was hopeful that he had gotten past all that, but he does not have emotional maturity. And that has been a reason that he has never won a championship. So Denny Hamlin has to either address that or just consider that he's never going to win a championship until he does. Um, so... Uh, again, I know we've kind of covered the points a little bit, but of the championship four, uh, it's kind of a silly question almost, but who's your favorite uh, to win the championship? You know, Danny Hamlin. Why not? Let's just pick Danny. No. No way. (laughs) Nah. You know what? You talk about a mile track. Um, Kyle Larson... It's probably going to win it. Mark Truex is good on mile-and-a-half tracks. He never has been good on mile tracks. Right, Chase Elliott right. is, is kind of good on all, on all kind of tracks. You, you almost have to go with Chase, not only being the ex-champion, <clears throat> but Chase growing up okay. grew up on tracks like Phoenix. Yeah. You know, and um, you know, I, kind I of handle say, the track, yeah, sure. It's between Larson and Elliott, I think. Yeah, and, 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 and it's not and and it's not because, you know, sure he's he's the ex champion and he re, he really hasn't doesn't have really a wave of momentum coming in. But him and Kyle Larson for a while there they're battling back and forth one and two, one and two, one and two. And um mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. For some reason Well it could and be a nice Kyle Larson wins. driver that wins. Like we've said before. No, no, we're talking no, I'm talking about the championship. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the, the race win. 
I, if I if I'm gonna pick somebody to win a race, it's gonna be I, I'm gonna go with Kevin Harvick. He's gonna he's gonna finish out the season with one win. Kevin loves this track, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, if I had to pick a race winner outside, I I would probably I'd probably go out on a limb and say Kevin Harvick. But for the championship, but, it's, it's gonna be I don't I mean. And if, and if Kyle wins, then conspiracy theory, you know what, NASCAR had it set up this way, you know, this was NASCAR way of saying, we're sorry, you know, for kicking you out, you know what, and, oh, you no. know, just like with Don't all his wins. Oh. <clears throat> Sharon, it's already happening. Oh, it's already happening. don't go you know. there. Well, I certainly hope Danny Hamlin doesn't win, because I don't think his behavior uh, is worthy of a championship title. I'll tell you, uh, if he wins it, he'll probably be the first champion to ever get booed. Because <laughs> I, I we'll think, have to wait and see. We'll have to I, wait I and see. Think, Are um, you going to be at a track this weekend, Sal? I don't know. I'm thinking about going to Vegas for the Fall Classic. I I should have. Oh. Had I known all this was was going on in NASA, this was going to happen. I should have put in credentials and gone to Phoenix for the championship mm-hmm. race. But for sure next year I'm gonna be there. I don't I don't care if it's if it's Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano and Kurt Bush and Tyler Reddick, you know, a bunch of boring drivers. But I mean this this one is <laughs> this one is really brewed up, you know, to be especially with all the scenarios that happened from Martinsville, you know what I mean? <clears throat> that truck race, Todd Gilliland has got nothing to lose. You know, oh yeah, he's got nothing to lose. Yep, he wants yep. to win so bad. You know, Xfinity. Yeah. You know, you know, and this thing. You know, Kyle Larson. You know, he wants to nine race wins. He wants to close it out, and he wants to hear the conspiracy theories. You know, NASCAR gave him nine wins, and they gave him the championship. You know, Chase yes, Elliott wants indeed. to be back to back. He wants to be back to back champion. Martin Truex wants to to be have a second championship and Danny Hamlin will probably race with the pacifier and hope that he gets his first. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think a lot of fans are looking forward to uh, all of the races next weekend at Phoenix Raceway. And uh, I know you and I will be back on next Monday night to review it. Uh, and that's going to be our last show for Fan for Racing. Uh, but we have been kind of kicking around the idea of maybe doing uh, a once-a-month uh, kind of follow-up or check-in, if you will, uh, during the off-season with all of our Fan for Racing crew. Uh, so stay tuned for any news on that regard. Uh, do you have a day of the week that works best for you, Sal? Is it Monday night or another night? I don't know. We'll have to see because um, I have a meeting with my boss tomorrow. I, I, I know there's a lot coming up. Actually, I'm still going back and forth to uh, up north. It just happened that actually I was supposed to, today I was supposed to be on the road <clears throat> to work tomorrow. Okay. But we got we got rain Wednesday and Thursday, so our job got put off until Thursday of this week. But um, I technically, think. I was I, I was I almost I was going to text you on Friday and tell you I couldn't do the show because right now I'd be on the road. Uh, up there, but um, but because of well, the rain, I think our job got pushed back. Oh yeah, so so am I because I needed the extra day of rest because 
working up there, the driving well, everything, it's just it's horrible. I'm <clears throat> sure hoping that you can make it for our uh, finale on uh, Monday night when we review the races at Phoenix Raceway. So, uh, and then we'll hopefully we'll have some news at that time about when our next show might be during the off season. Yeah, I yeah I. Um, Next Monday will be for sure because next time we go out there is the fifteenth to the sixteenth. Because we're taking oh, okay. actually next Monday is uh next Monday is Veterans Day. Ah, uh, but we'll still do the show. <clears throat> yeah, next Monday is Veterans Day, so um, our our jobs oh, okay. sh- shut down because it's a um, because it's a uh, uh, we're on a run government government ground zone there, so so they're gotcha. off somewhere else. Okay, well, I guess uh, it's time for our Hot Topic Sound Off segment. Uh, You're welcome to join us, Sal. I think it's just going to be me and Jay tonight. Everybody else is tied up tonight. Yeah, I got to get going. That's why I was was happy that we did the – that's why I was happy that we did the hour show tonight, yeah. Okay, well, we'll let you go then, and uh, we'll go ahead and get into our Hot Topics. Okay, well – Good night, everybody. Thanks, Have a good, good weekend. Um, good luck with your picks for the championship. We'll talk to you next Monday. Okay, bye. Okay, thanks a lot, Sal. Take care now and safe travels to you. All right, uh, we are past the, the 9.30 p.m. Central Time uh, for our Hot Topic Sound Off, uh, but there's just the two of us, Jay, uh, to cover our hot topics tonight, so uh, it's going to be easy. Uh, let's. What's your first hot topic tonight? Well, I guess I didn't see that that uh, Tommy wasn't going to be able to come in. So yeah, that's unfortunate. All right, I should have said we'll welcome to Con- you. I apologize for that. Welcome. <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, Kyle Bush needing sensitivity training. Oh, boy. Yeah, Kyle Busch uh, said some things, and uh, now NASCAR says that he needs uh, some sensitivity training. After his post-race comments, uh, he used uh, a a derogatory word in his post-race comments, uh, and so NASCAR says that uh, he's going to be, he's required to complete sensitivity training before the start of the 2022 season as a result of language used during a post-race interview that is in violation of NASCAR's Code of Conduct guidelines. So, um, yeah, well, we know Kyle Busch has kind of a hard time with that anyway. Um, But I do think that NASCAR is doing the right thing. Uh, especially with the current environment, I think it's really important. And I think Kyle Bush did realize right away that he used a word that he should not, not have used. And he did a, make apologies, and I think he had conversations with the driver. I don't know if it was after um, uh, the Martinsville race or if it was after that Talladega race. Do you know, Jay? Well, I, I, oh, okay. I believe it said after the yeah, I believe it said after the Martinsville race, and truthfully, I listened to it on the radio, so I don't know if I've heard the same interview, but 
just confirm it was the use of the R word, as I believe Dave Moody right. put it. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make the R okay. word. Okay. Exactly. Um, I, I think he did make apologies right away because I think he knew he shouldn't have used that word. Um, but so you got to give him credit for that. But I do think it's important that he go through some sensitivity training. So to me, I think they did the right thing. What are your thoughts? That, that one for me, because of the way that word can be used, uh, obviously I understand the people that have a, a condition of uh, a handicap. Yes, I understand that. Um, if you call something that's being done that, uh, you know, I mean, how do I say this? Where do you draw the lines? You can't say it's stupid. You mm-hmm. can't say it's dumb. You know, what, yeah, where, what, what do you call it or use there? And I think back to, I believe it was, I think it was Joe Flacco after the Ravens won the Super Bowl. And I, I want to say this was in 17 or 18. I know he got a lot of Flack, Joe Flacco got a lot of flack about using that word. Um, and mm-hmm. he wasn't calling a person that. He was calling a process or something that was being done that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a change to the mm-hmm. schedule or something. So that's where, and I understand of if you need to eliminate the word, all, word altogether, um, just as I say, if you call a process dumb or the schedule dumb, it is not necessarily a person or attack on that. It is what is mm-hmm. being done. So, mm-hmm. you know, if the word the word in its entirety needs to be um, eliminated, I, I understand that and I respect that. And I do my best to, as a matter of fact, I, I believe, uh, I want to say maybe two or three weeks ago, I used that word here on this show. Uh, I don't know if you recall it, Sharon. It was my nephew that talked to me. He listens to the podcast normally the next morning. And, yeah, he, mm-hmm. he messaged me, and we were talking about it, and he said something about it. And I was like, really? I didn't even realize I had. And, yeah, I it was about something <laughs> that – Right. Well, okay, so, that again, it depends on the person if they're tuned into that. Um, and he was, and he heard it. And, again, it was – I did not call a person or somebody that. I called the decision to or the you know, process that. Didn't agree with that. So I, you know, I made the mental note, and I was trying to be aware of that, that of how to word it differently the next I'm time. I'm gonna have to put off. you on suspension. What? All right. <laughs> so yeah, okay. So no, wait, 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 wait. Retro, retro suspension. How's that work? <laughs> um, I'll go. Okay. I'll, hey, I'll go to class. Hey, you get me signed up. I'll go to class with Kyle Bush. Okay. There you go. Okay. Uh, now, and I'm not making light no, of it, but I do want to. Um, let people know that we don't we don't say those words to hurt anybody at all. Uh, we we take that very seriously, and uh, and Jay, I think you have indicated uh, that you have remorse for that, and that uh, that's something that you'll watch in the future. So uh, we do take it very seriously. Yeah, and like I said, with that, if it is at a handicapped person, that certainly is wrong. Uh, and even then, using the word in a different manner still carries that connotation. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I can see where as a society we do need to improve on that. The one thing, though, and that's why I wanted to make sure exactly what the situation we were talking about, of several drivers 
after uh, this weekend at Martinsville specifically referred to yeah. other drivers in not so nice ways. I just, you know, the fact that Kyle is one that gets singled out, I understand it was because of the use of that word. Okay. But mm-hmm. realistically, I was like, you know, the implication was still the same with all the other interviews that, you know, and we heard several of them, some yep. of them, even teammates and friends. <laughs> so well, I, used the I word feel a little earlier. I used the word earlier and uh, you were saying, what's the word you use now to me uh, Sal and I were talking about it. I call it emotional maturity. And and uh, I know one driver has struggled with that for a number of years. And to me, it's one of the reasons why he's never won a championship is because his emotional maturity gets in his way every time. And uh, I think it, it's happening again. Uh, he's on his way to having a great year, a great season, and he did, he did something that is not a smart thing to do. <laughs> he had everything to lose uh, in that particular case. He's, and, um, you know, I, I don't think people are, are cheering for him to be a champion at this point. So, yeah, I, I think that uh, there's something to be said for emotional maturity. Jay? Yeah, that's something. Yep, that's something that uh, you just said it yourself. Uh, not a smart thing to do, and that if you can think it through before you say it, is a way to say, yeah, we think that action was not the best thing to do. So we all do need to work on that. Uh, myself, uh, obviously, as I said. Uh, so we will all try and do that. I do feel sometimes though that Kyle Busch gets singled out uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to something like that. Uh, so uh, hopefully NASCAR takes a look at that and, and, you know, make sure that it's not always about one person. Uh, in this case, obviously well, he admitted he did something. use the word. Let me ask you something. Um, since it's just the two of us, uh, today, do you think, uh, some of these other guys should get, uh, fined or reprimanded by NASCAR because of what they said and did? Uh, this weekend, especially using their vehicles on the track. Okay, is that, are we going to move into that as another hot topic there? Um, yeah, it's just the two of us. Tonight. Okay, <laughs> we're we're going right. to transition over to that. Right. The uh, initially um, from from Mike's comments, I hadn't seen the, any of the video yet. I listened to the race on the radio. Clearly, there was post-race activity. I kind of had it in my head of what happened. Mike's comments made it seem like it was a lot worse. And so I was getting a little concerned. When I saw the actual video clip, that went back to what I had in my mind. Yes, he bumped him, but he did not slam him. He did not run over him. He got in front of him. He stopped, and then he rolled forward and nudged him. I mean, I've hit people harder than that in the parking lot, (laughs) you know, on occasion. So... Yeah, I was it the smartest thing to do? No. Did he express his uh, frustration and anger in a way not on the track, affect anybody else or the race or anything else? Yes. So I don't have a huge problem with it. Uh, you know, his team and um, advisors that he has around him 
certainly uh, are going to talk to him, I'm sure, and whether he chooses to listen or not, uh, focus on that championship. You know, we did hear that even from his crew chief immediately. Think big picture. Think big picture. I I heard that Mm -hmm. multiple times as he was rolling down the track. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, I mean – I, I no, I don't. I do not believe he, you're asking the question of should NASCAR penalize him. Ah, man, I really don't think so. I it didn't harm anybody else, and I know Mike said you know they're doing the burnout. They got they're unstrapped. Like I said, he stopped and then rolled into him. He did not even come in full speed or anything where it dented the car. I I watched mm-hmm. it a couple of times. When Bowman turned around, Hamlin pulled up there, stopped, and then rolled into him. You know, I mean, he did make contact. Yes, there was contact, but he did not run into him. He was not on the gas or anything like that. So, I I don't necessarily. Do you think that's behavior becoming of a champion? Uh, Most certainly not. Uh, You're right. (laughs) And And that's why I said it definitely could have been handled better, but. Uh, our last year's champion, Chase Elliott, has had his moments of not handling himself in the best way, you know, mm-hmm. especially, again, of the making it to the championship. He made it into the championship. I understand he didn't win that race. He didn't get a grandfather clock, but he is going on to race for the championship. He could have done a post-race interview and said a lot of things except a, a one, one or two particular words and still gotten his point across as well. Mhm. Yeah, I think I think uh I don't know if you've read his article yet or not. Uh I did I was able to get it posted just before the show here tonight. But I think his point had more to do with everybody whining about a lack of respect on the track. Uh and and I do think that there is that sometimes. But I think it's a two-way street. I think if you want to get respect, you have to give respect too. And uh, I don't think these guys are being respectful of the positions that these other drivers are in uh, as, because they still have to address their sponsors and their team owners and the people that they work for, their team, and they have every right to be on that track. And I get the feeling that sometimes some of these guys feel like those drivers don't deserve to be on the track, and, and that's, that's not respect either. So I think if you want to get respect, you've, you've got to be able to give respect. And, and that's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of these drivers are not really giving a lot of respect uh, to the situations that these other drivers are in. And, and their right to be on that track, <laughs> fighting for every position that they can get. Uh, they should not expect any driver to just pull over because they're a playoff driver or because they race for a big-name team. No, you're there because of your talent, and you need to use that talent. And I know it's frustrating. Sometimes they do a good job of of keeping you behind them, but that that does not give you a right to just (laughs) knock them out of the way. And I've said it time and time and again, that's not talent. That's not what I want to call talent of a champion. So... Uh, it's not what I like to see. Well, and I knew we were going to go down this road between the two of us. 
all of the racing that happened at Mar- or I guess I shouldn't say all, uh, from what I've seen after listening to the radio broadcast throughout the weekend, most of the, the bumping that we saw, I consider typical Bristol. Uh, I feel Alex uh, Bowman had a faster, or I'm sorry, yes, uh, Martinsville. Um, I felt like Bowman had a faster car. He got to the inside of him several times, just wasn't quite able to complete the pass. And, you know, Hamlin had come down and kind of pinch him off. He got the choice, back out or hit him. Well, Bowman backed out a couple times, made another run at him. You know, he's there. Okay, Hamlin kind of come down again. Bowman said, all right, I'll pick a better spot. You know, third or fourth time. And I think I think I was telling Amanda, it goes back to the uh, old school philosophy with the chrome horn. I bump you once, I'm letting you know I'm there. Bump you twice, I'm letting you know I'm faster than you are. If I bump you a third time, I'm coming by. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, is, you know, when it comes to Hamlin or even John Hunter Nemechek, for that matter, um, in his situation, uh, he had hit Austin Wayne South in the first turn and then came around and, and was upset when he hit him back in the third turn. So that's not right either. If you bump somebody like that, you got to expect to get bumped back. And to whine about it being a lack of respect, I think, is wrong. Um, you didn't give much respect either. So why do you expect to get respect? So I, I just think that I, I do think that Mike makes a valid point here to a certain degree. Uh, I know that Martinsville is a bumping and banging kind of track, but um, you know if you don't give respect, you can't expect people to give you respect back. And you, you should not ever expect a driver to just pull over and give you the spot. <laughs> That's not racing. You're right, and I didn't address that. As far as the respect issue, you're right. It goes both ways. Had Hamlin been running second to get that win, and I know he was probably going to get into the playoffs anyway, lock himself in. Exactly. He bumped okay, I'm a championship contender. I can bump you to get into the championship continue. You're not in it. That means you've got to give me the respect and either let me buy or not bump me. It's got to no. go both ways. <laughs> of all the situations that we have seen over the past several weeks that I think Mike uh, was talking about, I know Ross Chastain is one. Okay, guess what? He has run that way all year long. It isn't because you're not in the championship or not. That is how he races. He has all year long. Yeah. Daniel Suarez with Martin Truex the other uh, couple weeks ago. And there, too, I think Truex even said it himself, okay, maybe I came yeah. down, crowded him a little bit. But there was nothing I felt out of line that he should have done differently, not just to show respect, but like you said, he, all he's got left this season is to win a race or two if he can go into next year, keep that momentum. So, yeah, they have the right to fight for those positions on the track. Are you aware that they're championship contenders and they are going for a championship? Yes. But there's a reason. To get there, you had to run through or run against all 40 teams. To win it, you got to run against all 40 teams. And you mentioned That's John right. Hunter Nemechek. That is one where specifically I would have to agree with Mike, uh, not with all the words he used and the ways he described it, but the the fact that, that John Hunter was going to be upset, uh, certainly not because he started it. And, and we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. As you get into the playoffs, 
you don't want to be making no enemies either. Exactly. And, and again, I don't think it's behavior becoming of a champion. Um, and you're getting in your own way of winning that championship as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and, and that, you know, focus on the racing. Don't be focused on whining about getting respect uh, because it just doesn't work the way you're wanting it to work. Okay. Most so, certainly in Denny, most certainly there in Denny Hamlin's case, we know the history he has. I think for him, very specifically, to not let all that get in his head of stay very focused on the championship, I think is extremely important. We've seen a driver like Kevin Harvick. That's part of his game and his way of doing things. It works for him. It doesn't necessarily work for Denny Hamlin. No. And, and it didn't work for Harvick either when you think about this year. <laughs> it really hasn't worked for Harvick either. So, and, and we've heard a lot of drivers, Joey Logano, you know, Tony Stewart and those guys used to do it too. But just because they did it doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do or that we should continue it as a tradition. Uh, I know we've got a lot of traditions in NASA, but that shouldn't be one of our traditions. Well, and some of that goes back, and, and that the use of that word of, of respect, I think back to Mark Martin, and that would to me be Mr. Respect. Mm-hmm. He was one that mm-hmm. if he had, you know, you had a faster car, he saw you coming, yes, he would pull over. That was one particular driver. That was how he chose to drive, live his life, conduct himself, okay? And it's one of those that seems to me like everybody wants him to be like that when they're the one that wants the respect. But then if you're going to want that, you better be given it as well. And that's where I think the issue comes in. Exactly. Exactly. They're only seeing it through their lens. They're not seeing it through the other guy's lens. And, uh, uh, I, I really think that, uh, I don't know if NASCAR can do some kind of training for these guys. But I think I think several of these guys need to go through some sensitive, maybe not sensitivity training, but maybe anger management or something, uh, because uh, I, I don't think they're really conducting themselves in in a, a good way on the track. And and I understand your points about Denny Hamlin. He didn't take him out. He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't damage his car or anything like that. But uh, he did make it a point. But then, too, you've got to go back to what happened on those closing laps. Uh, one of the things that I noted uh, in, in this article is, uh, uh, of all people, let's see, uh, Chase Elliott. Hamlin did uh, have a similar incident with Chase Elliott in the fall of 2017. That was a Martinsville race or even what he did to Bowman at Texas just a year ago. So, you know, he is able to dish it out, but he's not able to take it. And that's what I think he's not getting or perceiving. Uh, It's a little bit hypocritical, I think, of him to admonish them and then not, not do it himself. Uh, when given an opportunity. So 
you know, it, it doesn't give them much of a leg to stand on. Well, and, and I will back up. Uh, you can't see it, but my hand was in the air. I can testify to this as a witness to that Martinsville race. That was the year I went to Martinsville. Denny Hamlin drove under the rear of Chase Elliott and didn't let off until Elliott was in the wall. I mean, Chase had no way of controlling his car anymore at that point because his rear end was mm-hmm. up in the air. Okay, they restart. Mm-hmm. Brad Keselowski bumped Hamlin. Hamlin got a little loose, and Brad drove by. There's a difference between a bump and run and a dump and run. And what ha- mm-hmm. that's why that the fans, I mean, that entire place, booed when they talked to Denny Hamlin and cheered when they talked to Chase Elliott. And that had nothing to do with popular drive or not. I saw the same thing at Bristol going back to the Carl Edwards and Kyle Busch situation. You know, a bump and run, you give them a little nudge, get them a little loose, you drive by them and go on your way. Uh, you know, Mar- uh, Joey Logano, Martin Truex, going back to Martinsville. Martin Truex was able to work his way under, worked hard, very hard for several laps, and never bumped Joey. I get it. Mm-hmm. He did not get that in return. Joey gave it a couple turns and then bumped him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he did not, like I said, lift his rear end up and drive until he hit the wall and then let him go, you know, which is, which is yeah, my issue. Of, uh, yeah, exactly. And when it comes to that, I'm with you. Yes, I, that is driving through somebody. The bump and run, I am okay with. And it does go back to the, is that the only way you can win, you know? But, but see, Denny Hamlin uh, did it to Alex Bowman uh, at, uh, at the Texas race and then admonished Bowman for doing it to him in Martinsville. So I don't get that either. That's hypocritical in my mind. I, I do believe it, 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 he is one that can be, uh, you know, and maybe in, in a week uh, or time period after he looks at it and thinks about it, he'll admit that or understand that. Uh, we see that a lot. And I understand, you, you know, immediately after the race, in case of his actions in victory lane, you're a little hot under the collar, uh, even with your crew chief telling you to, hey, you know, we're going to the championship. He's not. Let him have that one. He won the, he won the battle. You're going to win the war type mentality. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see what happens at Phoenix, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have to agree. Drivers aren't owed anything on the track. That you shouldn't expect. You never expect a driver to give up a spot. Uh, they're going to fight for it just uh, like you will, and you've got to figure out a way to get around them. Um, what other topic? Do, are we ready to move on? Have we talked this one to death? <laughs> Well, looking up our list, I think we actually kind of covered about three different ones as we as we had it. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk some some good news here. Uh, I want to bring up uh, Daniel Dye. Going to go full time in the ARCA series in 2022 with GMS Racing. Okay. I think uh, that's good news. He's going to be racing full-time. He's been racing with uh, um, uh, Kennedy Racing, Ben Kennedy Racing. And so now to get this opportunity to race with GMS Racing next year to run for the championship, I think it's going to be fantastic. And uh, I, I wish him the very best. We've, we've seen the building of GMS Racing. We've talked about it. They're planning on going cup racing. 
I don't know that I like him. Maybe we'll see him back in the Xfinity series here in a, in a year or two. They kind of uh, shut down that program, backed away from it, but then did do the ARCA East and ARCA Menard series spot races. I know Sam Mayer did some racing for him. So hopefully that does bring their whole program on a good level and helps uh, feed their cup system as, as they move forward into cup. Um, so we'll have to see, but that is great news for Daniel Dye. We saw what he did in limited starts, picking up a victory and, and running for the East Championship. To, to be able to move on, yeah, is a great thing, and I think it's with a great organization that is really building towards the future. I kind of compare it to college racing. We saw how they did it methodically. I think GMS has done it a little differently, but the same, of a very pre-planned, five-year plan, step-by-step process, and I think they're going to come out the better for it. Yeah, and I, I like that you brought up the development part of this. Um, uh, I do see them kind of developing a, a program to help uh, some of these drivers advance to the Cup Series. And so this is just another step in that direction. And uh, I think Daniel Dye is a good choice, and I'm looking forward to watching him race next year. Most certainly. And I know Mike said it, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about it so many times. This year it really was a two-man battle. I think in the years to come, we're going to see that develop into more of a, as we've seen in the West, we got six or seven teams into the final race battling for a championship. We didn't have that this year in the Arkham Menard series, but we've seen that just like on any given race, uh, Larson being one that has done it a lot this year, just absolutely kind of dominates, you know, hit on something they've dominated. We'll see if it can be sustained long-term, but it's going to occasionally happen. You know, Martin Truex leading uh, 300 and something out of 400 laps in the Coca-Cola 600. It happens once in a while. So don't expect that, you know, was this year a little lackluster when it came to that? That depends on your take. I can understand where you may feel it was. I still enjoyed the racing. That's me. So we, I think we will see a change with that, though, in the next couple of years, uh, especially as Venturini Motorsports, they're only a year or two removed from having three competitive teams themselves battling for a championship amongst teammates. So we'll see that mm-hmm. come back again. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to, I don't have much more to say, so I'm going to go ahead and move to a different topic, if you will. Um, Mike posted this, uh, the answer on uh, RCR's other car. It looks like it could be uh, Austin Hill joining Shells and Creed next year at RCR. This one, uh, to me, I see some good and some bad. I'm happy for Austin Hill. We heard that he was planning on going to the Xfinity Series. Didn't know where, but had every confidence that he was going to land in a good ride and and accomplish things. And I think he will with RCR without a doubt. Uh, I feel bad for Myatt Schneider, and now we don't know exactly. I know they made this statement they were going to try and help him get with an RCR affiliate team. I feel like RCR has had a couple of drivers that they've tried to develop, but only given them a year. Uh, you know, Daniel, Daniel Hemrick being one of them, and I know he got to then go to uh, Junior Motorsports for a part-time schedule, and then with Joe Gibbs Racing and now Colleg Racing, and we still haven't seen that full breakout, but he is running for a championship. 
he just doesn't mm-hmm. get that win for reason. And I'm not going to uh, <laughs> express Mike's opinion on that. I will put it this way. He did say the, the winners, the ones that uh, winners find a way to win, even when they don't have the best car. He seems to lose that top spot somehow or another every week and still finish second or third. But at some point, you got to close the deal and pick up the victory. Yes, I was kind of expressing the same thing in a little bit more colorful way. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think a lot of people are kind of feeling that with Daniel Hemrick. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as Austin Hill uh, going to RCR next year, I think uh, – that's fantastic. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be fun watching those guys race for the championship next season. I think that they will be contenders, both Sheldon Creed and Austin Hill. Uh, they're going to be in good equipment. Uh, we've seen RCR be competitive in the Xfinity Series. So uh, I think that's good news for the fans. I, I most certainly do think, and I understand RCR's uh, vision, uh, two that they feel are the best drivers to bring them the best chance. I, I understand that. Um, I just, like I said, I feel so, sometimes, and, and it goes back to, uh, I'm going to draw a blank on his name, Casey Atwood. He had one, oh, maybe yeah. two years, and just then disappeared because of it. So I feel bad Dylan for that, and I don't want to see that happen. What's that? Dylan Kwasniewski is another one. Uh, you yes, don't even most remember certainly. him, do you? <laughs> I, I do remember the name, yes. Uh, you're right. There are a couple that have that very limited. And we've seen ones like, you know, a lot of people wanted to write Matt DiBenedetto off. We don't know where he's going next year. We know he is capable of it, just for some reason always missing that one last little piece. And I say little because he's been so close uh, that you, you almost just want to see him get one more chance because you know he's right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any other topics here that we can cover tonight? Well, I didn't see any more on our board, but one I'd just kind of like to, to throw out there. Anyway, this can be across all three series as we have now set the final four. Oh. Well, we're going to have company. You want to let oh. our company uh, jump in here? Let me let me jump in. I, I hope he hasn't been waiting a long time. I've been kind of focused here. Andy. Hold on. He's still spinning. Andy, how long have you been hey, Sharon. waiting? Welcome oh, to the only show. Only about a couple minutes. You're good. <laughs> how you guys doing? Okay, good. I've been very focused on our board here. Uh, and I wasn't checking the queue, but I'm glad that you made it. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Well, thanks. It's been uh, a couple, three weeks, I think, just been busy with work. So it's kind of nice to come on. And, you know, we've only got a week or two left here, so it's good to be on and, and talk about closing out the season. Okay. Let's get your thoughts on some of the things that uh, Jay and I have already talked about. I know, well, first of all, Jay, you were going to bring up a new topic. Let's hit that, and then we'll go back and ask Andy his thoughts on some of the things we've already talked about. Okay. Well, uh, top three series, we know that the final four running for the championship. Do we think that the best four, the, the four that deserve to be in the championship four there, and kind of the thoughts on the final four for each series. Okay, Andy, your thoughts. 
Well, I'll start out with the Cup Series just because I actually have to look and see who's in the Final Four for Xfinity and Truck real quick. But for the Cup Series, um, yeah, I tend to think that those four drivers were probably amongst the most successful throughout the year. Um, I don't think anyone can deny the fact that Larson has probably been the best team all season long. Um, you know, certainly, you know, Hamlin's been up there as, as the season or the regular season points leader for, for most of the years and has obviously, you know, had enough playoff points to make sure he'd get to the final four. So there's been probably the second or third best team. And then, you know, that nine team seems to find a way, you know, just when you think they're going to be out of it, they um, know how to finish the season strong. They did it last year, and here they are again trying to make it two championships in a row. Um, they just know how to close out seasons, and uh, that's important. And and certainly this had a pretty good year. Uh, they've won at least a couple three races. And then, um, you know, it was probably a toss-up between – the 18, 19, and 22. And I know, Sharon, you must be happy that Truex did win the battle. <laughs> I saw at the end of the race yesterday that he was in trouble, and they made it happen. They got the job done. So, um, you know, congratulations to them. Obviously, they've got a chance to go and uh, contend for a championship this week. So that's pretty exciting. Um, but, yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, the four most deserving teams did make the Final Four for the cup series. Um, I'm going to have to take a look at Xfinity real quick because honestly, I'm not quite sure who made it other than Almondinger and Cindric. Do you guys know who the other two are off the top of your heads? I would have uh, to take a look. Well, Noah Gregson uh, is, is in because oh, he won there at Martinsville. Right. Noah and let's see, I'm pulling it up right now. So Almondinger. Just... Almondinger. Hold on. I'm going to go to my app. Is it Hemrick? Hemrick, yes. Hemrick is the other one. You're right. Okay, so that's a pretty good Final Four right there. I mean, it's been no no secret, really, that Cindric and, and probably Almondinger would, would have to be the two that were the standouts this year, uh, specifically Almondinger. I felt like going into the season that, that Cindric was going to win, you know, 10 to 12 races, and he's been good but not that good, um, probably about the second-best car behind Almondinger. They have proven they can win anywhere on any type of track, short tracks, intermediates, road courses, you name it. So um, their versatility has kind of made them and Colleague Racing the team to beat. And so certainly them and, and the 22 of Cindric, no surprise, obviously. Cindric's going for back-to-back championships. Um, looking at uh, – Noah Gragson. I mean, we like to be hard on him sometimes, but quite frankly, that's a team that's gotten the job done. Uh, they've really closed out the season strong with some strong runs. They didn't get their first win of the year until Darlington back in September, but they've been on a tear, you know, in recent weeks. And, and I think that, um, you know, it's hard for me to say they don't deserve it because I think they do. They they straight up won Martinsville and put themselves in a position to go contend for a championship. Has he been a top four team all year? No, probably not. But they got hot at the right time, so you can't say they don't deserve it. Daniel Hemrick, you know, that one I struggle with a little bit, um, but obviously they were consistent enough to get themselves in. 
Um, you know, for a team that has yet to win a race, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be the team to beat this weekend. But the fact is they were consistent enough and had a good enough year to get the job done. So um, I think that for me, the 16-22, no surprise, the nine car, no surprise as of late just because of how strong he's been. I think the only one that I question a little bit might be the 18, but nonetheless they did their job to get themselves in that position. And uh, the truck series, we know that um, it's going to be Zane Smith. I know Matt Crafton's in there. Let's see who else we got. John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter Nemechek. So Crafton, Rhodes, uh, Zane Smith, and Nemechek. That's a that's a pretty interesting bunch. Um, you know, I think John Hunter Nemechek probably been the the guy to beat all year long, so that's no surprise. The other three, though, you know, have kind of had mediocre seasons, honestly. Um, you know, Rhodes has been consistent, but, you know, none of those three really have been dominant all year long. But I suppose, you know, they, they got themselves in position to be good at the right time. Um, I mean, the clear-cut favorite to me would be Nemechek. It's a toss-up between the other three. Um, obviously, Zane Smith had a bit of a tough year. I thought after last season they were going to win a lot of races, and they didn't. Um, you know, the fact that they put it together in one Martinsville at the right time was key to saving their season, but they really didn't have the kind of year I felt that they would um, and I think the same you could probably argue for both Rhodes and Kraft and Thorsport teammates. Um, neither one of them, you know, I would say lit the, the series on fire this year. So um, I would say John Hunter for sure deserves it. Um, you could argue that some of those teams that didn't make the Final Four may have been actually a little bit more suited to be in the Final Four. So, um, But at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, in the playoffs, the, the way the format is, um, you know, it's elimination style. And we see this in, in other sports, football, baseball, whatever the case may be. You can be strong all season long, but if you don't perform when it matters most in the playoffs, you get eliminated. And that allows teams that maybe weren't necessarily at their A game early in the season to get good when it matters most. And I think the truck series is, is a prime example of that. Three of those teams you wouldn't necessarily expected to make it this far, but they did. So um, it's going to be interesting. I think, you know, any one of them, if they can get the truck or cars right this weekend, has a chance to go get the job done. And uh, it should be pretty fun to watch. Yes, indeed. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of follow the same format and start with the Cup Series. Uh, Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. Uh, I think it should be noted that Ford is actually shut out of the uh, Final Four in the Cup Series. Uh, there's going to be two Toyotas, two Chevys, uh, teammates for the Toyotas, teammates for the Chevys, and uh, it, it's going to be – I don't think we've seen that in a while. Usually there's a pretty uh, uh, equal number uh, between the – the Fords are Ford. All three manufacturers are typically represented. Let me put it that way. I think this might be the first time we've seen only the two manufacturers represented, uh, two teams only being represented here as well. So 
You've got the Hendrick Motorsports drivers and Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. I think Kyle Larson is, is uh, I think those two drivers are probably the favorites uh, to go in and win at uh, Phoenix. Uh, the other two drivers, Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin, uh, they can pull it off. I mean, uh, Martin Truex has a championship under his belt. Uh, and I don't know that Phoenix has been the best track for Martin Truex Jr., uh, but uh, I, I'd say he's had a hit or miss year. He either has everything going his way, or it's one of those days that just nothing seems to go his way. So uh, it, it, it just depends on what kind of day he hits at Phoenix uh, this weekend. Denny Hamlin, I'm really disappointed in Denny Hamlin. I know he had a great season. Um, he's got uh, a lot of uh, playoff points that uh, maybe helped him uh, be where he's at. But I, I really am um, kind of disappointed that it was Denny Hamlin that made it instead of maybe Ryan Blaney. I'd almost rather see Ryan Blaney up there than Denny Hamlin at this point. But uh, that being said, he did have a good year, um, and I think it's just recently that I think his behavior has maybe put me off a little bit more than anything else. Um, but I think it's Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott that are the clear favorites. Also, uh, for the Xfinity Series, you got Noah Gregson, Austin Sindrick, uh, Daniel Hamrick and A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sundergro. All three of the manufacturers are represented here, so that's good. I, I think it's a shame that Justin Argauer didn't make it. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him be in that top four. Um, I think he's had a good enough year to maybe have been represented in that top four. Um, but it's one of those things only four of the drivers could make it, and he happened to be the odd man out this time. Um, <clears throat> Noah Gregson, I think what he has to worry about is some of the enemies that he's made along the way uh, that might uh, look to retaliation uh, at Phoenix. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Uh, Austin Sindrick, I think, and A.J. Allmendinger are, are the clear favorites here uh, as far as winning the championship. Uh, and and I do think that uh, uh, one of the two of them will probably win that championship. I'm not going to say it's out of the question for the other two. I think it would make a great storyline for Daniel Hemrick to get his very first victory at Phoenix and win a championship. Uh, I think it would be an amazing storyline. Um, but at the same time, uh, he hasn't shown that willingness to do what some of these other drivers are willing to do in order to win. So we'll have to wait and see again how that plays out. Uh, so that's my thoughts on the Xfinity Series. With the uh, Cup Truck Series, you've got uh, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, Matt Crafton, and John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, I have to kind of say the same thing. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek disappointed me at, at uh, uh, Martinsville. Uh, and I, I think that uh, when you race somebody a certain way, you've got to expect to be raced that way back. Uh, so it's silly for him to, like uh, Mike puts it, whine about respect 
if you're not willing to give that respect at the same time. Uh, Matt Crafton, a veteran, I'd love to see him go out at Phoenix uh, and win the championship here. Uh, I know Ben Rhodes has done some questionable things, um, and I know that uh, he's, he's a lot of people lost respect for him as a result of that. Uh, but he has been, I think, consistent enough to be where he's at and to go after that championship. I don't know that Phoenix is going to be one of his best tracks. I do think he's going to be up there. Uh, Zane Smith, you got to give the guy credit. Dead last goes out there and gets that victory, and I think he did it in a good way. Um, and uh, I'm happy that he's there. I don't necessarily see him as the favorite to go in and win the championship, but, again, I think it would make a great story if he did. Um, I'm disappointed that uh, Sheldon Creed didn't make it into that Final Four. Uh, I wish he could have made it. I, I was really disappointed when Austin Hill fell out. Uh, Stuart Friesen, all of those guys, I think, uh, could have been up there. And you could even include Todd Gilliland. He's had some really good runs. And uh, so it's unfortunate that four of the guys had to be on the bottom of that line. But those are the four guys that fell there. And uh, uh, it's going to be interesting to see who come, who rises to the top at Phoenix uh, in the truck series as well. But um, John Hunter Nemechek, I, I hear you. He's got to be uh, one of the favorites going in because uh, he's just had a, a stellar year. But I, I think back to some of the things that have happened throughout the season for him to get some of those wins. Uh, we talked about some questionable cautions happening uh, from the Kyle Bush Sports Organization in order to get him those wins. Uh, and I, I just always question, is that who we really want to be our champion? So, uh, I, and like I say, he disappointed me again at uh, Martinsville uh, with some of his behavior and comments there. So those are just some of my thoughts. Jay, I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. I might have to interrupt well, you, though. Okay, I'll keep an eye on that. Starting at the cup level, I think every series has it. We got two, I think, two favorites, I'd say, for me anyway, in each of the series. Uh, at the cup level, it being Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. Now, Hamlin hadn't picked up the victories until here coming into the into the championship. And like Mike's, or I'm sorry, Andy said, it is an elimination style, so you've got to perform at the right time. He at least came into the playoffs. He had been so consistent all year, just hadn't gotten the victory, picks up those victories, builds himself the points uh, that he needed just in case. So you got Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin. I think I've all year been two of the primary. We saw him battle for the regular season championship, so I like that. The other two to me was completely wide open. I know you can make the case. Uh, Sharon did a little bit. I know Mike would as far as Chase Elliott. But we haven't seen him win on the ovals like we did last year. It's been the road courses. And he's to me, falls in the same category as uh, Martin Truex, kind of up and down. Not quite as down when they're down, as far down as uh, Truex uh, did. But Truex got in as well. So good on him. The couple that missed out, Ryan Blaney, we saw get hot before the playoffs, held fairly consistently, could have made it in. Kyle Busch, run second at Martinsville, was that close. Three points, I believe. 
Uh, well, unless you ask him, and he goes back to uh, to last week at Kansas where they had junk car and he gave away 14 points, but <laughs> he obviously wasn't prepared to let that go, so he was going to have a tough time moving forward anyway. Brad Keselowski would have been kind of a, a shocker to me other than if he could win Martinsville, which is bravo to NASCAR putting this champion or this round of the championship final race on Martinsville. We knew going in there were four or five drivers, some of them in half-to-win situations, that would be battling for that win. Unfortunately, my pick wasn't one of them, Joey Logano, and he was the one that was deepest and needed to win the most, but still got a top ten, just wasn't good enough. You could argue he should be in. You can argue he didn't need to be in. Uh, same goes then with Brad. So I think that the four are good. Uh, I think the Truex and Chase Elliott are two that, yeah, maybe didn't have the best all along solid season, but that's the part of the elimination style playoff. So there's where you're at. Now in the Xfinity series, same way. You got the two that we thought should be in, battled for the regular season championship, should have been locked in. They are now in. A.J. Allmendinger, Austin Sendrick. Can't wait to see them two battle it out along with the other two that Daniel Hemrick, I think, has been all year long the most consistent top five driver. Doesn't have the victories. Sharon, I just talked about that prior to Andy coming on. Doesn't have the victories. Going to need it. He's into the championship four, but he's going to need to get that win in order to be the champion. Uh, I have no doubt about that. The other would be Noah Gregson. And probably a good thing Mike's not on tonight. Had a rough start to the season. Some of it his own doing, but a lot of it was parts failure. Once they got to midseason and got things straight, I think he was one of the strongest. Built his way up, picked up a victory, came into this race particular, needed the win, must win, and he got it done. So I think he earned his way in. Uh, I know, Sharon, you mentioned Justin Algar. He had the regular season, very solid, picked up the victories, maybe could have gotten in on points, and was one of the better throughout the season, but it's playoff time now. And when it comes playoff time, top tens regularly may not get it done as they prove. So there, I don't feel that anybody necessarily shouldn't have been in or not. The truck series is where this one was a little more different dynamic. John Hunter Nemechek, we felt, should be it. Sheldon Creed is the other one I, at least, all season long, picking up victories, battling with John Hunter, maybe should be one that should be in. I realize what happened at Martinsville wasn't exactly his fault, but that's part of the gamble you play, having to wait and pick up that victory. Uh, We saw that with him. Again, he had wins in the first few rounds and then kind of went to run in top 10, and in the points position he was in, thought he could get away with doing that at Martinsville, stay clean, out of the way, and it just didn't so happen. So I I do feel bad. I think he was one of the the top drivers, if not top two, along with John Hunter Nemechek. Ben Rhodes, I'll give the case for him. As it came to playoff time, he stepped back up. He picked up his two wins beginning of the season, then, I don't want to say disappeared, but certainly wasn't talked about on a weekly basis. Come playoff time, not just top tens, top fives. That got him in position to be where he's at and was able to advance. So that's where I think maybe Sheldon Creed 
the wins wasn't quite enough. And Andy said it. Uh, and I think of the Patriots. You can go 18 and 0. You win that 19th game called the Super Bowl. You still lose the Super Bowl. We saw it with William Byron. Unfortunately, blown motor. He didn't get to the championship. Still won that championship race, but he wasn't the champion because he lost out. You know, he didn't make it into the final four. I think that might be the case for uh, Sheldon Creed. If we see him win next week at Phoenix, he could have been champion, but it's not his to take anymore. So uh, I think that one's interesting. That is one, though, where I'd say maybe the best four, if you will, aren't the ones in it, but that happens. I mean, and that's what makes the elimination style interesting and why NASCAR went to it. Yes, indeed, and I didn't even have to interrupt you, so thank you for that. Uh, we are, though, at that time of the night that uh, we, I make an announcement to particularly our new listeners uh, to let you know that we are going off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, but we will continue to record the rest of our conversation, and uh, that uh, can be heard uh, once we're done as part of our podcast. It's a kind of bonus overtime material that we offer. So what will happen is I will go out on Twitter as soon as we're done here just to let everybody know that the podcast is available. And at that point, you can fast forward to the two-hour mark to hear the rest of the conversation. And that player is available at Blog Talk Radio. It's also available at our website, fanforracing.com. So uh, I didn't want to leave anybody stranded wondering how do I hear the, what, the rest of what uh, is being said here. Uh, and uh, to be caught off guard when we go off air mid-sentence. So with that, uh, uh, Andy, I think we're back to you, and if you have any follow-up comments. Uh, I don't really have any follow-up, you know, other than I I think that, you know, this is that time when when these teams have to rise to the occasion to try to go win a championship, and, you know, I think that obviously those who – were able to put together a complete playoff run, obviously made it. And um, it's going to be fun to see if somebody can step up that we're not really thinking about, you know, as far as these final four teams go. Um, You have to believe that a lot of effort has gone into Phoenix probably for several weeks, if not months. And, you know, one of these four drivers in each respective series could come out and surprise us. And, you know, we it's funny because we think we know who's going to win, but, you know, you, you just don't know. Um, Chase Elliott was a good example last year. I'm not sure that mm-hmm. I thought he was going to win, I, and I was proven wrong. So uh, it's going to be fun to see how that, uh, that pans out. Absolutely. I don't really have a whole lot to add either. I think I said pretty much everything I had to say on the first go-around. So, Jay, any follow-up from your side? No, I, I think Andy hit it on, on the nail on the head. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I don't know that you could lock any one of the drivers. Cup Series, maybe Kyle Larson, but we've seen a, that not happen before. Drivers not even make the uh, the final four, as we saw last year, and the other one that did make it with the most win didn't win it. So uh, definitely interesting. It's not a lockdown guarantee. Uh, that would be the Cup Series is one I'd put the heaviest money on if I were going to put on one of them. John Hunter Nemechek, I think, in the truck still being the, the next one down. But, Sharon, you hit on something there. The last couple of weeks maybe hasn't uh, 
made some friends, uh, made some enemies. So that's uh, never a good thing going into a one race shootout uh, like this. Absolutely. And that's why I think there might be exactly what Andy talked about, some surprises. Okay, Andy, we talked about some other topics here before you arrived, and I do want to get your thoughts. One of those topics has to do with uh, some of the drivers, uh, and it kind of all melded into one big snowball topic uh, because they all are kind of rolled in together. But let's start with the one we started with, Kyle Bush required to attend sensitivity training after post-race comments. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, he screwed up. He he said a word that shouldn't be said. And, um, you know, he obviously has to go through sensitivity training. Hopefully that in itself isn't some kind of a joke. You know, I, I hope that it is, in fact, a real program that he can go through and, and educate himself. Um, we all make these kinds of mistakes. I've said things I shouldn't say. It happens all the time. Um, you know, so for me, for me to get on my high horse and, 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 you know, get on his case would probably be unfair for me to do that. But he, he did make a mistake, obviously. And, um, you know, he'll have to go through the proper channels of, you know, maybe learning more about not using words like that. You know, obviously, you know, we can say things that we might not really think about, you know, in terms of what they might mean to other people but other people, you know, may take offense or, or be sensitive toward things. So unfortunate. It was, it was obviously heat of the battle, heat of the moment. Um, that's one of the interesting things about NASCAR is that these drivers will race for 500 laps at Martinsville. Obviously tempers are pretty high. Frustrations are pretty high. And then we immediately interview them. And sometimes things are said that we later regret. So, um, uh, I I don't think that Kyle meant it maliciously. I just think it was a slip of a word that just shouldn't be used. So um, he'll go through whatever program he has to go through. Like I said, I hope it's a it's a real program, something that he can learn something from it and and move on. Yeah, I kind of brought up the, that he did recognize that he shouldn't have said it. I think fairly quickly and did apologize and have a conversation. Um, so I think that part of it is good, uh, but uh, it's always good to get your your thoughts on it as well, Andy. Uh, Jay, did you have anything more that you wanted to add? No, he hit on it. You, know, you said he did apologize. He was already aware of it, and I'm sure he will take the uh, the sensitivity training as required without it even being an issue because he was aware of it and, and did apologize. So. Uh, with that, I am running through a stretch of North Alabama here. I think I'm going to lose service. So just wanted to let you know I appreciate you letting me be on tonight. Uh, call in while I'm uh, working my way home. And I will be on Thursday night for the preview show. Okay. So uh, we'll look forward to talking to you on Thursday night if we lose you. Uh, what, do you remember what the next what that rolled into for our next topic? <laughs> Maybe we lost him already. Okay, I think that rolled into the Denny Hamlin and Joe Hunter Nemechek comments about respect. Mike put up an article about it on Fan for Racing, and uh, that is posted at this point. 
But, yeah, we just lost uh, Andy, uh, not Andy, but Jay. Uh, so, Andy, what are your thoughts about uh, the post-race incidents there between those two drivers? Uh, this is, yeah, this, this is a this is a pretty big topic and this has been, this has been ongoing for a couple of weeks now. Um, I think that this really goes back to Texas. Um, you know, I've been kind of out of the loop as far as racing goes um, the last couple of weeks. I finally did get to watch yesterday, um, but I've had some stuff going on and uncharacteristically uh, wasn't really able to see some of these events happen live as I've been busy, but I, I think this goes back to Texas um, where Briscoe was racing Hamlin and, you know, got run up the racetrack into the wall and, and Hamlin seemed to think that, you know, Briscoe shouldn't have raced him hard. I, I think I'm interpreting this right. Um, and basically said that non-playoff drivers should show more respect and, you know, that they shouldn't race as hard and, and going on and on and on about that. And obviously, I can I can honestly admit straight up that as a Chase Briscoe fan, you know, I, that drew the ire of me because I'm not really sure what he did wrong. Um, you know, the unique thing about NASCAR, Sharon, is this. Unlike other sports, when a team is eliminated from championship contention, they go home, Right. But in racing, mm-hmm. those teams remain on the racetrack because they have sponsors to represent. They still have um, races to try to go run well in. you got to remember that these teams are still fighting for point positions, whether it's first or 20th. Right. There's, still, there's still things on the line in which these teams have the right to go out there and fight for it. And having seen the replay going back to Texas, I still don't really know what Briscoe did wrong. He was on his right rear, which you have to do with the 550 package. And he, he made a, you know, he was racing him hard. He made a little bit of a mistake and, and got run off the track into the fence. But for that to turn into this big topic of being disrespectful and, and how he shouldn't have been racing that hard, I thought it was blown horrifically out of proportion um, you got to remember that, you know, in the in the case of Briscoe, he's a rookie. He's learning. He's going to make mistakes. Has he been perfect all year? No. You know, did he did he make a mistake at Indianapolis, which I think this goes back to when he spun him? He made a mistake that day for sure. There's no doubt about that. But you know, for him to be criticized as heavily as he was by Denny Hamlin, um, I thought was a bit out of line. And, of course, I'm going to say that as a Briscoe fan. But as I try to look at this from a neutral standpoint, I thought the topic was, was largely blown out of proportion. That's all we've been hearing about for the last couple of weeks, right? So, obviously, the situation with John Hunter Nemechek, um, you know, he run the 22 truck, you know, bumped him and moved him out mm-hmm. of the way. Um, I think a lap or so before the accident. And, and so, you know, why should the 22 truck give him room, you know, on the next lap or whatever it was? And essentially looking at that replay, it's really hard to say. You could argue that the 22 hooked him. You could argue that the four tried to clear himself going into the corner and hooked himself. I don't really have a opinion on that. But um, as I try to organize my thoughts here, um, 
it's Martinsville. It's a short track. It's close quarters racing. And if you move a guy out of the way, um, whether he's a playoff truck or not, I don't blame him for not giving you room on the next lap, honestly. Like, if Mm -hmm. you're going to race like that, you have to expect that what goes around comes around. So, um, you know, but again, going back to what I said earlier, everyone has a right to be out there and racing. And unfortunately, part of the risk involved of being a playoff team versus a non-playoff team is that a non-playoff team or car may get into you and cause an accident. And you're not going to prevent that. So why all of a sudden, after years and years of this format, it's a problem. I'm not sure what the deal is. Um, And then obviously it culminated with uh, the the Denny Hamlin-Bowman incident. Well, guess what? Alex Bowman, whether he's still in playoff contention or not, has the right to try to go win the race. I don't think for a minute that Alex – I don't think that Alex Bowman – had the intention to wreck Denny Hamlin. He got in there as he was attempting to pass him. He got loose. They made contact, and the 11 car spun around. This is something Denny Hamlin has done before. We all know what he did to Chase Elliott just about uh, four years ago. The shoe has been on the other foot several times, but the problem I have <laughs> is, the, is the behavior level of Denny Hamlin, and this is why I I have a hard time – believing or or even respecting anything that comes out of his mouth, and I know that's probably harsh to say, is when something happens to him, it's it's like it's the end of the world. And everybody else is disrespectful and everybody else is an idiot or, or a hack or this or that. It's never his fault. But when he does it to somebody else, it's just a racing incident, you know, and that's where I mm-hmm. have the problem because it's, it is highly hypocritical to have that type of attitude. And I was pretty, I've been pretty tough on him. If you've gone back and read some of the race chats, I I can get fired up and I say things that are not the nicest sometimes, but I get tired of this type of behavior because, you know, you say one thing, but you do another thing. And it's as if that he expects everybody else on the racetrack to get out of his way and not race him hard whether it's Chase Briscoe or Alex Bowman or who else, but he's allowed to do whatever he wants. And that's not how this works. And that's Mm -hmm. probably why this is probably why he's never won a cup series championship in the 16 years of racing is because he gets continuously gets himself in these, these uh, fights or battles with other drivers that distract from focusing on the task at hand, which is a championship. Maybe he'll prove me wrong this Sunday. I don't know, but I didn't think Alex Bowman did anything wrong. And then it doesn't end there, of course. We all saw the post-race antics, and that's where I really took issue was, you know, Bowman's trying to celebrate, and that's a time at which, you know, maybe his belts are loosened, maybe they're not. I don't know, but for him to go in there and ram the car uh, nose-to-nose, I thought was, incredibly unprofessional and quite frankly unsafe and you know that type of behavior really shouldn't be tolerated i don't think we're going to see a penalty from this though i don't think nascar is going to want that type of media attention i I tend to think the focus will be on the championship this weekend but um ultimately just you know not at all impressed with his behavior and some of the things he said recently it's it's hard to it's hard to respect somebody that, that has a very hypocritical mindset and it's, it's tough to, you know, get behind that. And, and obviously, um, you know, I, 
you know, certainly have a personal vested interest here considering one of his issues is with my driver. So, of course, I'm not going to be <laughs> too receptive to that, you know, but it, but looking at it specifically from the Alex Bowman situation, I really don't understand what Alex did wrong. He got a little bit loose and got into him, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I get that when when you're on the receiving end of that, you're not going to be happy about it. But I just the post-race comments he made about Alex and just his behavior just really kind of shows you the kind of guy he is. And, you know, I he's going to continue to never win a championship if he continues to let stuff like that get to him. You know, I, I'm curious what you think about that because I – Certainly haven't really heard anybody else's opinion, but I'm trying to be as nice about this as I can because there's a lot of things that I would like to say that I can't on obviously a radio show, but just not impressed is really the best way I can put it. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with you on both of those situations, and I kind of implied that a little bit when we were talking about the championship four. Both of those drivers have really disappointed me with their commentary and com- and and comments about the other drivers on the track. And you're right, they're being hypocritical. It's okay for me, but it's not okay for you. And that's that's hypocritical. That's the epitome of what being hypocritical is. Um uh, it doesn't matter how big your team it is, is it doesn't and and Mike's article I think is 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 uh, pretty interesting and, and kind of covers that as well. Uh, and there are other incidents in in the case of Denny Hamlin. Uh, in fact, in the post-race interview at the media center, uh, he was asked about uh, uh, those comments, and Bowman just said, well, uh, we're even, I guess, <laughs> because he remembers uh, that what happened to him a year ago at Texas Motor Speedway by Denny Hamlin. So, you know, he he kept Bowman from winning at Texas a year ago. And in this case, uh, Bowman, you know, intentional or not intentional, uh, Hamlin did not win that race. But it's the behavior. It's the attitude. It's the... Uh, expecting respect without giving respect um, that these guys are doing. And in in the case of Denny Hamlin, I think, and and possibly with with, uh, John Hunter Nemechek too, because we've seen this happen more than once with him. Um, And it's not just them either. uh, Mike's article brings up Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, have all made comments along those lines. Um, and, and the thing is, is that um, you, you, you're spot on with Austin Wayne Self. If, if you, if, he's going to race you the way you race him. And if you're going to knock him around, he's going to end up knocking you around. Uh, and I think that's what should be expected. If if a driver goes up and, and pushes people around on the track, he's got to expect to be pushed back. Uh, and and to think that that's not going to happen is an unrealistic thinking. Um, uh, I don't think that either one of them in their comments, um, and particularly Hamlin in his behavior, um, are representative of what I would call championship behavior. <laughs> Because championship behavior is what you do not only on the track but off of the track. 
And these guys are, are doing things that are unbecoming of a champion, both on the track and off the track. So uh, with their commentary and everything else. I, and, and, you know, I'm going to be disappointed if either one of them wins the championship because I don't think, um, yeah, they've had great years, but I don't think that their uh, behavior is, is that of a championship caliber. So uh, I, I also brought up uh, Denny Hamlin's emotional maturity, and you kind of said the same thing. He gets in the way of himself as far as championships are concerned. His, he does not have the emotional maturity to win a championship, and he's getting in his way again, over and over again. Uh, during this playoff situation, and you brought up a couple of you brought up the Chase Briscoe example, um, uh, and you know there's other examples that uh, have been brought up here as well. So I, I you can't be hypocritical like that and consider yourself of championship caliber. Uh, and I know some of our champions have done that, um, and I think NASCAR does need to take a look at that because. That's that's not a champion in my mind. <laughs> it's just not. Uh, and so um, that that's pretty much my thought. Now, I will represent Jay a little bit here because uh, as far as the behavior of Hamlin after words of uh, impeding uh, Alex Bowman from doing his burnout, he felt that he could have done something much worse. Uh, and that he, he slowly rolled up to um, Bowman. He didn't go up and just uh, ram into him. Uh, but, you know, I didn't quite see it that same way, and I don't think you did either. I, I, I don't think he was in control of his emotions when he was on the pit road doing that. And even his crew was telling him, you've got to start thinking bigger picture here, bigger picture. They kept saying, look at the bigger picture. And Hamlin was not doing that. He already was in the round of the round of four. So for him to act that way and behave that way and to say those comments, that's behavior on becoming of a champion in my mind. So any follow-up that you want to give on that, Andy? Well, that's a re- I mean, you bring up a really good point, you know, and we've seen this year after year with him, um, you know, and, and I'm not trying to come on here and, and bash him per se, but, you know, it, it's no. hard to be it's hard to be supportive of somebody that continuously finds himself in these positions and, you know, doing one thing and saying another is not something I'm a huge fan of. And I don't think a lot of people are. I think they uh, proved it with the uh, crowd reception yesterday of him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you bring up, you bring up a very good point in that, um, you know, obviously, I mean, look at Kyle Larson, for example, we haven't seen him get involved in any kind of spats like this uh, throughout the year. I think I don't think Truex has had any issues. The same with Elliot had the issue with Harvick that I guess is subsided for now. But, you know, some of these veterans know how to come in and race and make their way to the championship forward, focus on that. Larson's a really good example of that. They've had no issues this year. Their focus is on this coming weekend. Um, You know, I think a mature driver and team, you know, would – have been upset about the spin, 
But knowing that you're going to go race for a championship, I think the mindset immediately has to go to, okay, that stinks. I'll pay him back at a later time, but we have to go focus on a championship. But instead, you know, engaging in the post-race antics and the post-race comments and not, it wasn't just Alex Bowman. He made some negative comments about Chase Elliott and Mm -hmm. his fan base. And he's bringing all this negative press and attention on himself that in my mind is a, is a distraction uh, for not only him, but his team. And I just feel like the difference between somebody like him and, and somebody like Larson is, you know, some of these guys know how to know how to put that stuff behind them almost immediately and focus on the task at hand. Others can't. And, and like I said earlier, there's a reason why in 16 years of driving a Joe Gibbs car, Hamlin hasn't found victory lane as far as Cup Series championship is concerned. And I think this year is a prime example of having the car and team to do it, but it's all unraveling at the bitter end. And it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. but that's, that's kind of the situation that I see it, you know, as it's unfolded here. Um, it, it, you have to be tough mentally, and he's not tough mentally, unfortunately. So it's, it's a tough not. call. Um I'm curious to think if you think any penalties are going to come out of it. I tend to think no, because I think the focus is going to be on the championship and not a driver being penalized, but kind of wondered if you think one's warranted or no, or or what your thoughts are there. Well, a couple of things that I did not mention from Jay that I want to make sure I put in here. One is that uh, he doesn't feel like a penalty is, is needed in this particular case. Um, but the other is that you got to wonder what they're thinking about him behaving that way and also being a team owner uh, for a cup team uh, in this, you know, with uh, 2311 racing. So that that's a, I thought was an interesting thought as well. Um but uh, as far as the penalty is concerned, I, I, uh, I just think NASCAR needs to maybe sit down with some of these guys that don't have that emotional maturity and get them counseling, get them something <laughs> that is going to kind of help them through that. But first of all, they've got to they've got to recognize that they've got a problem, and I wonder if uh, Denny Hamlin is even capable of recognizing that it's his problem and not everybody else's problem. Um, and and that, that's, that's a whole different ball game, if you will. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to say whether NASCAR is going to penalize him or not. Uh, NASCAR has kind of had this uh, – if it brings drama and it brings more people in to watch, uh, they're kind of okay with it. Uh, so from that perspective, I would say probably not. But I do think it's worthy of taking note of and maybe having that conversation with these drivers. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a good it's a good thought process, and that's along the lines of what I'm thinking too. Um, I don't know that I'd even want to see a penalty. Um, because I think it would detract from this weekend. I think this weekend should be all about um, the championship race, and and honestly, nothing horrifically bad happened that warrants anything. But, yeah, it might be Mm -hmm. 
you know, it might be good to sit some of these guys down and, and maybe give them a stiff talking to because, you know, in, in the case of in the case of Hamlin, you know, it, it's a situation of I can do what I want, but nobody else can do anything to me. And, you know, maybe some of these guys need to be put in their place a little bit. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, you know, hopefully this will blow over. And, well, it probably won't. I'm sure there will be some – replays this weekend and and some back and forth smack talk between these drivers but it's going to make for an interesting week going into the championship race that's for sure yes indeed um and and so we'll see what happens like i said i'm going to be disappointed if if Pamela or John Hunter Nemechek win and I'm, it makes me sad to say that really because I was really pulling for Hamlin having turned that corner and maybe gotten to a different place uh, with the season that he was having earlier in the year. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, uh, you know, we followed him for a long time. I've always liked him, but I, I don't like that kind of behavior. Um, and and uh, I don't think it's, it's championship worthy. So you know, I will be disappointed if either of them win the championship. And I'm just being honest about that. Um, I, I would like I agree. to see somebody else win it other than those two. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see if there's any other comments that maybe you want to make on some of these other topics. I, we took a long time with it too, Jay. Or, I'm sorry, Andy, uh, when we were talking about it. Any thoughts about uh Sheldon or Austin Hill going to RCR or Daniel Guy racing full time in the Arkham and Art Series with GMS? Well, I'll start with Daniel Guy. Obviously, he's uh, an up and coming driver, and I think to be able to go full time with GMS is going to take him to the next level. So, a good opportunity for him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he contends for wins next year. I think he's um, certainly someone that has been, um, you know, making progress in the Arkham and Art Series. And then Austin Hill, um, I had a feeling when he announced he was leaving Hattori Racing Enterprises that he had something planned. Yeah. Um, certainly certainly didn't know what, but, um, you know, he certainly has had success. He's been a, a championship contender. He's won races in the truck series, and I think he's proven that he's capable of getting an opportunity uh, to go to that next step. And um, it's going to be interesting because I think, RCR has hired two pretty talented drivers. Um, there's no denying what Sheldon Creed's been able to do with GMS Racing and Austin Hill with Hattori Racing. And I think that, you know, it's going to be cool to see RCR back to two full-time teams. It's been a couple of years mm-hmm. or three years or so since since we've seen uh, a multiple-car Xfinity Series team. So that's going to be fun. And I think they're going to be good. I, I think that they will be competitive and playoff eligible next year. So um, it's a good opportunity for both of those guys. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's a great chance for them to get that shot, you know, in the sort of series and, and try to make it at the next level. And, and they're both, they're both pretty good drivers. So um, yeah, really good opportunity for them for sure. Okay. Yeah. I, I pretty much along the same lines there. Uh, we are coming up on the top of the hour, though, Andy. 
So uh, I guess uh, we're at that time of the night where it's time to kind of call it. Uh, we don't have much of a round table, but I'll kind of throw it back across the table here uh, for you to do your sign-off, I guess. Yeah, CB14 fan on uh, Twitter and obviously thankful to come on tonight. It's been uh, a couple, three weeks since my last one, so um, certainly a big week going into Phoenix. I am looking forward to it, and um I will have to double-check my schedule. I think I can be on Thursday, but I'll have to verify that. But um, certainly looking forward to closing things out. And It's hard to believe it. Um, it seems like every year the season just goes by faster and faster. And it feels like yesterday that I was down in Daytona for the 500 to kick it off, and all of a sudden we're, we're closing it out. So it certainly went quick this yeah. year. And, you know, definitely looking forward to um, finishing it off and seeing who comes out on top. Absolutely, I am too, and uh, I can't wait to see how uh, these races <laughs> pan out. Uh, all three for all three of the series, as well as the Arkham Menard Series West, uh, which I'm really excited about that race because it's very, very close. I think there's just six points between uh, the drivers there in the Arkham Menard Series. Uh, the top uh, six drivers, oh, uh, yeah, standings. Let me look at this. I went to the wrong series. Um, but uh, the Sarka Menard Series West uh, really has a tight battle going on here for their season finale. Uh, yep, six points uh, between the top five drivers and 15 points if you go down to six. So uh, I think that championship is pretty much up for grabs. I can't wait to see how that plays out. And uh, we did post Mike's article uh, we talked a lot about it here as well. Uh, his commentary, stop whining about respect and focus on racing. Uh, so we'll be curious to hear anybody else's thoughts. If you want to comment on that article, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, also, uh, I think uh, the fan of the track at Talladega is up. And uh, uh, we'll see if anything else comes in uh, throughout this week. But uh, we'll certainly have the recaps up from the weekend of racing as well as our radio show. Uh, We'll do our last Thursday night show this Thursday and our last Monday night show coming up uh, on Monday, a week from today. So that's kind of interesting. We are talking as a group of possibly doing a a once-a-week show, or not once-a-week, but once-a-month show during the office season. So we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, just so we can kind of talk about any hot topic uh, news items that are coming out throughout the off season, so uh, we'll we'll work that out and let everybody know via social media when that happens. So with that, a big shout out to our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate all of you, and of course to our fan for racing crew. They're not all here right now, but Sal Sagawa, who I keep calling Jay, and I I don't know why that happens. But I appreciate Sal for everything that he does. Um, Jay Huseman uh, and yourself, Andy, for being here tonight. Uh, Better late than never, and we appreciate your uh, comments on uh, our hot topics here tonight. So thanks. Absolutely, and uh, have a good night. We'll see you on Thursday. Talk to you on Thursday. Good night, everybody.